Hello, welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host, and this is my podcast. And my guest today is filmmaker Henry Jaglum. So, okay, you guys have no idea. You have no idea how important this episode is to me. All right, so I first became aware of Henry Jaglum late one night. I was 20 years old, watching TV all by myself, most likely on a Friday night, in my shitty tiny little studio apartment in Beechwood Canyon right here in Los Angeles, California, Tinseltown, if you will. And then all of a sudden, a movie comes on the screen. It's a movie called Someone to Love. And it hooked me. And the movie was all about a couple on the precipice of a breakup. And then it unfolded into this very talky exploration of relationships and heartbreak. And Orson Welles was in it. Henry Jaglum's in it. Sally Kellerman, a myriad of other incredible actors. The uh, the outfits were incredible as well, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, it's an exploration of breakups, narcissism, aging, Hollywood, female friendships, movie making, love, what the goal is when it comes to relationships, uh, how to maintain love and just like what it all means. But it was so talky. It was so talky, more talky than this intro of my podcast. I I swear to fucking God. And I've never seen anything like that. And I loved it. I love that I, that I was like allowed to witness an entire conversation like that was just like unfolding naturally that, that, you know, I didn't know the rules of filmmaking, but this movie definitely seemed like it was a rule breaker and it was so completely exciting. It was just so unique to me. So Henry Jaglum's way of movie making gave permission to take your time to let a scene and an interaction breathe, uh, gave permission to exploring uh, and witnessing human behavior and interactions, feelings, the inner workings of people's minds in a way I just, I'd never seen before in a movie. And it was so honest and stripped away. The performances were so honest. And I felt like I was just getting all the real shit. Like, I didn't even know what that meant at the time, but I felt like this movie was like giving me all of the secrets. <laughs> it was crazy. And that's such a special, rare, unique feeling. And my positive reaction to someone to love, why it was even more important was, was that it helped me understand myself. Discovering this movie and responding so intensely to this movie helped me understand me and what my taste was, what my taste was, what my tastes were going to be. It clued me into myself and my obsession my, you know, especially my obsession to come with, with the examination of feelings, love, intimacy, the desire to feel and make other people feel less alone. And then it turns out all of Henry's movies, they're, they're these existential, talky, conversational, naturalistic meditations on all my favorite topics. They're all explorations on love, sex, connection, dating, romance, intimacy, the meaning of life, women and all their intricacies, relationships with men, food, having a baby, marriage, breakups, happiness, fulfillment, life's complexities, what it's all made up of, what it's all comprised of. And, uh, you know, and the thing is, if I'd never seen another one of Henry's movies and I'd only ever watched Someone to Love, it would have been enough because with that single movie that he made, it had such a meaningful and important impact on me in my life. And uh, I just think it's such a beautiful, interesting thing that you can make that someone can make a piece of art. You can make a piece of art 
And even if one, only one person sees it, you can affect that person so much and inspire them so much to the point of changing their life. Isn't that crazy? And you might not even be aware of that. You might not even be aware of the person you're affecting, the importance you make on someone's life with a piece of art you make or a movie you make, a song you write, a conversation you have with someone, a look you give someone. There's a ripple effect. It's such a real thing that we affect one another. And it's such a reminder that we affect one another, whether we know it or not. So please, I urge you, I implore you to please make sure to do and make whatever you feel inspired to do or make because just like Henry changed my life forever just like Henry alerted me to my taste and gave me permission um, by him leading by example to explore love and emotions you could be unknowingly be you could unknowingly be affecting someone for the better so uh as well so that's exciting anyway I'm rambling here but I'm on a fucking on one right here. I'm so inspired. And this conversation I have with Henry, if I ever throw us to it, and I will, uh, is also, was also so inspiring to me. And uh, since my conversation with him, I've been binge watching. He was such a sweetheart. He gave me all of his movies, so kind. And I've been binge watching his movies. And I want to let you know, start with someone to love, but here are some more of my favorites, my Jaglum favorites. New Year's Day, where you can witness a young David Duchovny being all supple and nubile and dewy and gorgeous and a Lothario. Uh, I also love the movie Eating, Always But Not Forever, Venice, Venice, Festival in Cannes, Baby Fever, Hollywood Dreams, Last Summer in the Hamptons, so many more. Henry is so prolific a filmmaker, and uh, all of his movies, they can all be found. Don't you worry, they can be found on the interweb. All right? They're streaming via video on demand. So check him out on Amazon, Filmstruck. Google him if you must. You know, very simple to do. I know you can do it. Run, don't walk. Immerse yourself in Henry Jaglum. I did, and it only made my life better. Okay? You won't regret it. Anyway, so Henry and I go on a tangential journey as per the use over here on the Love Alexi podcast, and we talk about a myriad of things. Movie making, Judaism, editing Easy Rider. Did you know he did that? along with Jack Nicholson, and then they went on to, he, ugh, it's a long story, you'll hear it later. Anyway, we talk about Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein? We talk about LSD, Paul Mazursky, Natalie Wood, Richard Pryor, Peter Bogdanovich, Cassavetes, Henry auditioning for The Graduate, Orson Welles, Andre Gregory, Sally Kellerman, Karen Black, Natalie Wood. I already said Natalie Wood, but she's that important. I had to mention her again. Anyway, I even talked to Henry's wife, Tana Frederick, uh, we talk about how they met, and then Henry gives me some great dating advice that left me hopeful and inspired, which is a rarity. Henry has a new movie out called Train to Zakopane that Tana stars in. Henry also has a book out. It's called My Lunches with Orson, Conversations Between Henry Jaglum and Orson Welles. They were very good friends, so check that out. And when you're done checking out all that is Henry Jaglum, and believe me, there is a lot... I would love for you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment, tell all your friends about it, anyone who has ears, who will listen, maybe your Trader Joe's Whole Foods checker or what have you, the barista at Starbucks, uh, your Lyft driver, share it on social media, whatever it is. It really does help me grow the show and I'd appreciate it. Um, you can always email me your thoughts, feelings, concerns, questions, conundrums, notes, uh, guest suggestions if you need big sisterly advice email me at dearlovealexi at gmail.com. 
You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Alexi Wasser. Also, Love Alexi is a listener-supported show, so feel free to make a donation via Venmo at Alexi Wasser. And side note of side note, you guys, I know we're all feeling it. Um, It is a crazy time right now with all the Weinstein and Weinstein-like behavior coming out in the news and on social media lately. Believe me, uh, I'm going through my own bullshit. Anyway, there's just so much upheaval happening, and it's a really intense time for me, for all my girlfriends, uh, you know, all the stories that keep coming out. It seems like there's a new revelation hour to hour of a new uh, disgusting uh, bit of behavior that we were not aware of. Uh, Thank God it's surfacing. But when those stories surface, and I don't usually use the word triggering, never do I use this word triggering, but finally do I understand what triggering means. It triggers, and it's been triggering all my girlfriends, my mom, me. Uh, It triggers us and reminds us of all the disgusting, uncomfortable experiences that we've had with men in positions of power or just creepy, gross, lechy men in general. Uh, It brings all that to the surface. All this shit that we've suppressed and stifled and explained away or blamed ourselves for, it's all resurfacing. And it's incredibly emotional. And it's, but it's also sparking all these conversations between me and my female friends, my male friends. Uh, I'm talking to fucking women I don't know, strangers walking down the street. It's like we're part of a secret society. We look at each other and wink. We're like, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm feeling it too, totally. And, you know, we're sharing our... Stories of sexual harassment, assault, just things that didn't need to happen. Behavior that crossed boundaries and made us uncomfortable. We're talking about sexual consent, murky gray areas where we were people pleasers and just went along with something we didn't want to do or we didn't communicate how we felt because we didn't know how or we were too shy to. And now we're not. And we're angry. And, uh, and I'm even having wonderful conversations with men in my life because I have not lost faith in men. I do love men. I have so much faith in there are good guys out there. And I'm having these wonderful conversations with my guy friends who are looking at themselves and holding themselves accountable and, and asking, you know, racking their brains, wondering if they've ever crossed a line with a woman unknowingly when they're drunk or just, or behave, you know, acting like they think they're supposed to act because we... We take on all these these roles of what women are supposed to be like and men are supposed to be like, and we kind of need to get rid of all that and start over and have a class and and really learn how to communicate. And all of us, we need to be better communicators because shit is not working and it hasn't been working and it's all resurfacing. It's all coming up now and it's about fucking time, but it's fucking intense. Another guy was telling me, uh, speaking of playing roles and what men and women are, are you know, think think they have to act like, One guy was telling me, he's like, Alexi, I was talking to this girl, and this girl is always telling me, oh, I want to meet a guy who takes charge, initiates, will grab me, throw me up against a wall, and kiss me. And he's like, Alexi, I would never do that, especially now. I would never do that before, because that's not my style. That feels crazy to me, but I sure as hell would not do it now, even if a a girl tells me that's what girls want. And... It's funny because I've said things like that too to men where I'm like, I want a guy who's like this. And I hate when men are like, can I kiss you? But now, holy shit, this conversation of consent. Yeah, I get it. I get why men should ask if they can kiss us. I get it. Uh, this is bringing up shit in me, programming in me that I didn't even realize, like my behavior and, and, 
in not standing up for myself or things I've done in situations I've been where I've been like, oh, I don't, uh, it's just easier. Like how many guys have we kissed? Ladies, I'm asking ladies, how many guys have we kissed that you, that you didn't want to kiss, that we didn't want to kiss, but we kissed them because we're like, oh, well, yeah, we already went out to dinner. It's just easier. I'll just get this over with. I mean, I have, and that's just me talking about kissing. I mean, can you imagine? Anyway. And so fucking hell. Anyway, just all this shit is making me feel a lot of feelings and, uh, but sparking great conversations. And that's when change happens. I hope, I think we're on the precipice of a major shift. Uh, my girlfriends and I are also talking about how we're a little bit terrified though, because we don't want there to be no middle ground. We don't want men to think that, that, you know, we don't want, we don't want the only men that exist to be men who are terrified of being thought of as rapists who are cowering in a corner and just terrified or rapists. You know what I mean? Like there is a happy medium. Okay. There's a happy medium where men can be confident, kind, communicative, respectful, and you know, gentlemen who initiate or they don't initiate. They, they vibe it out. They read the room. They're tapped in, tuned in, turned on. <laughs> I don't know who can respect boundaries you know, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's the longer conversation. I'll explore that in a future episode. There's too much to unpack here. I but I do want to say, um, yeah, it is making me feel very sensitive and very protective of myself. Cause I'm like, I don't, I, the idea of getting naked with some new guy or even dating is like scary for me. I don't know. I also want to talk about people ganging up on trauma victims who aren't ready to share their stories on Instagram uh, and then get attacked by other women. And it's like, it's like turns into this high school thing where it's like, well, you better share. And it's like, listen, everyone is doing the best they can. People are processing in their own way. Everybody's different. And we just need to be gentle with everyone. And now is not the time to be, you know, for women to be bullying other women about like who's being braver. It's like, it's a hard thing to do. This is a really hard time. Anyway, I'm rambling. I may not even be making sense. Uh, it is a bigger conversation, but I do feel like we're on the precipice of a major shift, I hope. And I'd love to explore all of these things that I'm talking about. Oh my God, I need this more than anyone at the next girls night in that I'm throwing because I throw these for any of you who don't know, why would you? I throw these monthly events called girls night in They're girls only events, um, that I throw in Los Angeles. They're kind of small and intimate, maybe 15 to 20 girls tops. And, uh, the next one is Saturday, December 2nd. And it's basically like kind of like a slumber party esque gathering, except it's nobody sleeps over cause we're adults and like, we want to go home. But, uh, and we kind of gather, make new, it's an opportunity to make new friends for girls to come together, hang out, talk, laugh, feel less alone and share their stories. And if there is ever a time to share your stories and kind of like, you know, make a new girlfriend and commiserate, I think now is the time. And I'm so excited about this next one. It's yeah, it's going to be Saturday, December 2nd. And if you want tickets uh, and you live in Los Angeles, or you're going to be in Los Angeles on December 2nd. Um, yeah, DM me on Instagram at Alexi Wasser and I'll tell you everything you need to know. I'll tell you how you can secure your spot and get a ticket. But, uh, yeah, it's like an Al-Anon meeting with alcohol, uh, where we all sit around in a circle and share. It's so simple. It's complicated, but they're always lovely and cozy and, uh, yeah. But to bring it back to Henry Jaglum, 
That's why it was so lovely to talk to Henry because his entire career has been dedicated to making films that celebrate women and explore women's voices, how they're feeling, what their point of view is on every topic. He's been a feminist since day one, and he's so sensitive. And so, yeah, I was just so happy to meet him. And this is a really special conversation for me, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And Henry, if you're listening to this long diatribe, if you made it through, thank you so much for having me and Aristotle in your home. And uh, I hope this intro does you justice. I'm sure it doesn't, but, uh, you know, I'm trying. How dare you? Anyway, I am now finally going to be quiet uh, so you can enjoy my conversation with my spirit guide guru, the uber-talented, prolific writer, director, actor, multi-hyphenate extraordinaire, and my new friend, Henry Jaglum. Now entering Nerdist.com. And they don't look bloodshot Good, to me. good. They were right. feeling like, what's okay, now? But, what but this is audio, so it doesn't matter. No, I'm not, I, wasn't, I wasn't worrying for this. He just cares. I just care right? generally. Just yeah, I wasn't, okay. it wasn't Bye. about this. See you later. Thank you for setting us up, and I'll send you everything. Oh, my God, is that the best seat they can get No, me? I wanted this, because it keeps me upright. It makes me, like, be excited. Okay. Um, oh, my God. And I think we have to hold these manually. In my studio, there's a holder, but not here. I'm happy to hold it. It's okay. And yep. we're rolling? My silent producer, Aristotle. Hi, Aristotle. 20, 25? Good name, Aristotle. What nationality? Mexican. But Aristotle? Your parents came up with something really interesting. Very cool. That is amazing. I never heard of anybody called Aristotle who's not Greek. Yeah. Aristotle. Like like Onassis. Like Onassis. You know about Onassis? No. Before your time. Before my time. Uh, He married... Jackie Kennedy. Yeah. After ja- after President Kennedy was assassinated. What? Wait, is this an exclusive? No, I tuned out. No, it's not. An okay, exclusive. good. I just I tuned out. Every, that he was everybody hijacking. knows about this. Okay, well now I do too. Now I. Not the twenty, but you know. Anyway, God, Henry Jaglum. Yeah. This how is so, about that? This is so exciting. Me too. This is okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I might be your number one fan. Oh. What? I said I might be your number one fan. I hope so. This is very exciting. That's very exciting. Um, you didn't see the newest movie, though. Oh, boy. Train to Zakopane. Before you leave, I'm going to give you a copy. You are? Thank yeah. you very much. Sure. Oh, my goodness. Well. It hasn't come out yet, but you'll enjoy it. I get an exclusive. Yeah. Um, all right. Where do I even begin? I have no idea. I know. It's up to me. It's up to me. Yep. First of all, thank you for letting me be in your home. My pleasure. Um I adore you. I adore you. I hope so. Okay. You will. Maybe you won't after this. We got, I got, do I have you for like an hour and a half? An hour? Whatever you need. All right. Uh, everybody who's listening, we are in Henry's house, so I don't know where he has to go to because uh, he's already home. Anyway. Who are they, who's listening? Nobody. Oh. It's not even a real podcast. Okay. It's just my excuse. Okay. I understand. Um, um, all right. So I, because I know we've never met. No. But my entire life is, is like... Uh, Devoted to and obsessed with like thoughts and about love and feelings and oh, my movies work for you relationships yeah. yeah and I think when I was like uh, you know monogamy jealousy what it all means ego connection feeling alone next to someone wow. what the search is all about it's the reason I make my movies so that's what I want to know so uh, my goal was from the beginning that I felt that there were movies were made by boy babies in Hollywood for boy babies across the country that was their the, 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 the demographic. And um, women were, like, like, portrayed in a ridiculous way. Yeah. And so when I realized that I would have the power to start making my own films, um, I wanted to make them f- mainly for women, 
uh, or men who really cared about women, and to show that it's okay to go through all the things we really go through in life, which Hollywood was not then at all showing. Um, so my first movie was A Safe Place and, uh, you know, Tuesday Well. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't seen A Safe Place. I started with Someone to Love. That's what, oh, oh, my I, God, you're way into the past. Oh, way into the future of my work. So, oh, wow. So I won't, well, go, I won't go into all of that. But no. A Safe Place is about a young woman going through a certain thing. And Anais Nin discovered me. Do you know who that was? Yes, and, it's a writer. And um, helped me get my first audience, which were mostly young women at that time. Uh, and... Uh, it, it was the goal for me to try to fill a gap, which I felt Hollywood was like ignoring, which was a, a female audience, especially a younger female audience who was being ignored while these boy babies were making movies. Who were the... Well, the studio heads. Yeah. For other boy babies. That was the demographic. That was what existed. It's still to some extent, but it's much, much better. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I just wanted to fill that void. I wanted to make real movies about real people, specifically real women going through certain things in life. So I'm sorry you've never seen A Safe Place. I... I no, no, it's okay. I'll steal it on the way out. I'll find it and I'll just uh, I'll run. I'll see if I can find You okay. remind me. I will remind you, you. Wait, so why... Did you feel compelled to tell these stories, not just to fill a gap, but what inside you made you go? I had a very good mother uh, who let me be very close to women. And she and her lady friends on Thursdays would come and play cards. And I just listened to their world and cared about it. And I saw what they were going through and love and loss and isolation and their husbands and, uh, you know, all of the stuff that was not portrayed on film. And I decided, I knew from the beginning that it, I, I wrote a play, my first play, and it was about this girl going through this process. What Car process? Trying to find out how to function in this world. Um, it's hard to explain without seeing the movie, but I did it first as a play with Karen Black at the Actors Studio, and then I did it as a movie with Tuesday Weld. Um, um, and it hit a certain audience. The majority didn't like it. Men didn't, were very angry. The male critics at that time were very angry about what I was doing and did not understand it. And I was trying to show the internal life and, and uh, complexities of what certain women had to go through. And it was a thing which younger women were very responsive to and men were very hostile to. And it, it filled a gap, I feel, that existed that I've been working toward ever since in some way, though there are other issues that I deal with. But, uh, what are the other? What are the other issues? Oh, it's hard to explain. Try, you, try. No, it, it's very hard to um, sort of make one thematic total picture out of the twenty movies I've made. You know, it just. But the commonality was to make people in the audience feel less alone, less like they're like they're going through something that nobody else understands. Uh, just to make them feel more like what they're going through is is universal and it's just not explored in film usually and i wanted to explore i wanted to fill that gap yeah that was my goal and do you feel like oh what's your process i want to know how how you would go about making a movie was it always written or was it outlined or was it just explored like no it, it, contrary to the mythology that i just sort of get up and make them i i write scripts yeah but then I encourage the actors to, viol to disregard 
stuff if they're feeling spontaneously like coming up with something else from their own life. And frequently I cast people who I know have complexities in their life of this sort or that sort, and I encourage, I encourage them to give me whatever they feel like once they've given me what's on paper. And frequently what they give me is better than what I wrote on paper. Yeah. And so in the editing room is where I really create my films. I frequently, 50-50, uh, let's say, of it is written and 50% the actors are brought from their own lives their own understanding and that's the way I like it what's your favorite of all your movies my favorite what what's the favorite of all your movies do you eight, have a favorite eight and a half what is it eight and a half eight and a half and you don't know what that is I don't I've, I've seen a lot of your movies no no I've oh, not, my I've, movies no not, not no, eight and a half no. is uh, is Fellini Fellini okay yes I thought you said what no, is no. a favorite? I don't have a favorite of my own movies. You don't? No. How can you have a favorite of your own children? I had to ask. Yeah. No. no. Each movie served a, a particular time of feeling that I had in life and that I was going through. Some of them are very difficult. Like, I don't know if you know Always, which is about my, yes. my wife and my first wife and myself at the end of our marriage, each one trying to really talk about why the marriage was breaking up, why she was leaving me. And I did that while I was going through that, while she was, in fact, in real life, leaving me. And I shot it in the house we really lived in together. Was that her? I just watched that this yes. morning. Yes. Yeah, always but not forever. Yeah. You yeah. just watched that this morning. I watched that this morning. So you're not really a fan. You're just catching up with my movies. No. Pretending to be. A no, fan. I am such a fan. No, here is, listen, when That's I was. Okay. No, it's you okay. Did, so it you would, don't know my first movies and you don't know, you didn't know until this morning always. I, no, so I. So it's okay. No, I was aware of always. I've watched. Yeah. That's <laughs> okay. Are we fighting? No, no. listen. I so to, always was probably the most popular in terms of conventional audiences yeah. of my films because it addressed the breakup of marriage and the reasons that you just saw it today. So you understand why that might might have an appeal to a lot of people because yeah. a lot of people go through this why are we breaking up why if we love each other are we not what's happened today yeah. in marriages that people will leave to find something else even if they're okay in the marriage in some way yeah yeah i've seen venice venice right yes yes you don't have to do this. I've okay. seen lots of your movies, okay. but uh, some of them are hard to find. I'm searching like I you no, know they're not hard to find. Oh they're my all, god, I can't believe we're fighting my it's okay. Okay. But and, from and what I've seen. Any of the movies you haven't seen, yeah. I want to give you copies of. I will of, watch so all of them. I would love that. Thank yeah. you so much. But mm -hmm. I, I remember being maybe like 19 years old. I had my TV on in my studio hovel. Are uh, you know. 20 now? I'm 20 now. I'm much, I'm, I'm, I'm old. I'm old. Oh, How yeah. dare you? Yeah. You look, you look just de decrepit. I know. Yeah. I know. Sad. Uh, you sound like uh, every man I've ever dated. So 25? <laughs> I'm 25 now. You know, I'm much older than that. I'm much older than that. Good. You keep in good shape. Um, thanks, babe. Uh, so I was like 19 years old. Yeah. I have my, you know, my shitty little cable, you know, my TV on, and all of a sudden, Someone to Love comes on, oh. and I start watching it, and I went, oh, my God, I've never seen... Like, it affected my life so intensely that even though I maybe have only seen six of your movies mm -hmm. out of... You know, you've made so many movies. It's so incredible. 20. You've made 20 movies. So, so completely so, incredible. This movie, so, I just... Someone to Love. Someone to Love. It just... It was... It was like, oh, my God, this is... I can't believe somebody made a movie like this where you can explore. It's like a meditation on love and uh, relationships, and it's exactly what I wanted, but so rarely see. Uh -huh. And it completely changed my life. And uh -huh. it's, I've told everybody to see this movie. Anyway, it just made me, it, it gave permission to, for me, to explore all of that. That's great. And the, the goal. Yeah. The goal has been to give permission to the audience yeah. to really 
know it's okay to feel what they're feeling and, and go through whatever they're going through and look at it and try to examine it. And, and that there's, you know, because my one, one of my other favorite movies is uh, is an unmarried woman. Uh huh. That movie's very hard to find. Is uh, really? It is really. Yeah, it's not anywhere. It's not on all of the. No. Well, you can ask Sharon. All my movies are available, so and they're streaming on Amazon, right? I don't know. You'd have to ask I'll her. Ask the different her. Okay. Uh, menu, the different formats yeah. that now exist to find them. Side note of a side note, how are you feeling? But you've got the number one format right here. I know. I, I will see to it that you have not just that you see, but you'll have copies of absolutely every movie. I, I brought them to free to sign. Okay. I want you to sign them just my because. Um, oh wait, so you in always but not forever. You lived in that house next to the Chateau Marmont? I did then. Oh, my God. I shot the entire movie inside the house. You might not remember. There was a 4th of July party. Yeah. Think, but there was a Just in, watched it. In my little garden there. Yeah. And um, that was the house that she and I, <clears throat> she and I lived in together. Yeah. And was it played and by the actress? Yes. Who was your wife? Yes. I love this. Okay, yeah. yes. It was Orson Welles who told me that because I was heartbroken because she was leaving me. And uh, Orson Welles, you know who that is? Yeah, of course I do. I, I, I didn't hear the beginning thing about the Jackie O thing because I was uh, going to no, say that. No, okay. That's yeah. not irrelevant. But, the, yeah. but Orson and yeah. I, Orson was this great friend of mine. And um, I used him in my first movie, A Safe Place, and then in his last movie, Someone to Love. Mm-hmm. And um, he said to me, I was going through a lot of pain at the end of my marriage. And he said, make a movie. I said, what do you mean? He said, well... She's an actress. She ended up not wanting to be an actress, but she's an actress. You're an actor as well as a director. Look at it on film. Explore it. So I created some, you know, uh, Always out of that. You saw Always. Yeah. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. That's what I watched this morning. Always. Okay. Um, I was really in a lot of pain when I made the movie because she was leaving. And I tried in that movie to be so charming and everything that she'd fall back in love with me and try to figure out why she was leaving. Yeah. And um, because we were happy together, it seemed to me. Uh, but again, that was a, that's a big issue with a lot of people in the world where one partner or the other, usually the woman, feels that they have something more to explore and find out. And it's a big part of today. And it was very important to make the film, I think. And audiences were extraordinarily responsive, which was very gratifying. Yeah. Yeah, the guy from my... My my mother, when she saw that always, which was the last one of my movies before she died, that she saw, she said to me, I couldn't stand that movie. I said, why? She said, well, first of all, it's Patris playing the part who was really my wife who was really leaving me. Yeah. And she said, she's causing you so much pain. And I said, well, beside that... She said, well, you know, I realized that if it was if it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I probably would have left your father. Oh. And, and they had been together for 50 years at this point. Oh, my and God. It was, it was some something significant to me. Yeah. And I thought it was just important to try to put the truth up on film and really explore the what goes on in our lives, and what, especially with women and relationships and so on. Yeah. One of the things, uh, you know, I reacted to or I, like, responded to it was when you and your ex were talking about not being completely seen by the person you're in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. And it just, uh, do you ever feel like you're completely fulfilled in a relationship or that you are completely like, I feel it now. You do. Yeah. My third marriage. Your third marriage. I feel it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't leave the first two marriages. The women left me. Why? They didn't feel fulfilled. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's a very complicated thing. Why do people leave each other if they actually do love each other? In both cases, 
the love wasn't the question. It was something else. Yeah. God knows what. In everybody's life, there is something. And women in today's world have a very complex reality to deal with. They still have a lot of the issues from the past, but they have a lot of the freedom now to explore. And somebody very close to me uh, said to me, when my first wife left, in five years, she'll want to get back together. Did she? And, and you won't want to. I said, that's impossible. I'll want to always. Yeah. Five years later, almost to the dot, she came back and I said, I can never feel safe again with you. Yeah. Well, plus, doesn't your heart close and you move on and it's another chapter and you're your like... Your heart finally closes. It finally closes. And then you can move on. Yeah. But uh, I didn't believe any of that. I was romantic and I thought if she ever comes back, everything will be fine and uh, took her five years. It was exactly what my, yeah. my famous friend said to me and... Um, she was right. How can you even have a monogamous relationship when you're a filmmaker and you're surrounded by all these beautiful women and you're it's having not, like this crazy life? How do you do it? It's Isn't not it? about beautiful, I, I don't think. I mean, that's, you get past that early on. I think it's about compelling people. Yeah. And it's not that somebody else draws you away. In my case, I was monogamous. You were? Yeah, completely. Jesus. And in each case, I was left. In both cases, I was I was left. Yeah. So it was not just that. It was yearning for something else yeah. that so much of today is about. Oh, God. Do you even think wait a minute. Oh, get the dog out oh of here. Oh, my God. The doggy's here. Hello? It's a, wait, we'll get the dog. Yeah. Who Who? Who is there? Me. Darling, could you get the dog? This is my wife. We this met. This is Tana. You met Tana? I know. I've seen you, you in movies. you got both dogs now. No, you're ruining Dar our lives. It's gonna <laughs> Darling, could you get both dogs? No, the other one. They took Garbo. Garbo. Can I have the dog, too? Garbo. Garbo. Out, out baby. Garbo. Oh, no, you, you got to... Here. here oh, we're fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. S slight doggy interruption. This is life. Life happens. Oh God. Um, keep you keep it recording. Um, I'm gonna look over my notes. What'd she say? Doggus interruptus. Doggus That is for damn sure. Oh God. I'm so in awe of Henry Jaglum. I don't even know how to interview anybody. I'm, I'm more quiet than normal. I'm so in awe of you. I'm more quiet than normal during my interviews. Oh, look at those questions. Mm. That's fun. This is separate. Um, yeah, but no, no, that is today. But it's like. Tons of stuff. Um, that was not today. The red was not today. The red was not. The red was not today. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Red was not today. Here he's back. He's back. I'm oh, back. Who financed all your films? Because I'm also a filmmaker, so I'm so fascinated. Well, I my films all cost around a million or less. A million or less. And the way to do that is like shooting the film in your own house. Yeah. And all of these things, and in the past, there used to exist a thing called DVDs. Yeah. And before DVDs, there was a version of that. And you could sell countries in Europe. You get 50,000 from Germany and 80,000 from Scandinavia, and you yeah. could put together a million dollars. I went to Cannes every year at the Cannes Film Festival. That's how I financed the films. I got, you know, backing. I saw that movie, Festival in Cannes. That's the truest movie about myself that I think I'll ever make. Really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wait, what was the one with... Uh, with and why is that? Why is that? What, what, what is the one what you were going to ask? I'll go right back to that, though. Um, with Justin Kirk, what was the name of that movie? Oh, that's with Tana. Yeah, I saw that. That's with my wife, my yeah. new wife. She's incredible. Wife. Yeah. 19 years of wife. Wow. Doubled the, the thing of ever before. Wow. So, um, what, what was that one called? What was... With Justin Kirk. I know I should have done the research, but this is a no, topsy-turvy... No, okay. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I can't remember myself. Yeah. Just, you... Which one? Justin Kirk and Tana Frederick what was in... That? In oh god, I'll, I'll dub it in. I'll dub it. What? You're never coming back. 
<laughs> oh my god! So you guys, while he finds out the name of this movie, I can't remember. You you can't. I, I wish I could. No, I don't want to be disrespectful and take photos of the house. I feel like that's horrible, but it looks like we're in the Beverly Hills Hotel. We're in Santa Monica. There's a pool outside. Everything's pink and glamorous, and there are fun twinkling lights and old-timey movie posters, and it's just its just incredible. This is insane. I blew it. I could have... Henry's married. Could have been mine. I can't believe it. Okay, Arizona's like, relax. <laughs> what was it? What was it, What? I'm s- Hollywood Dreams. Yes. Oh my God. I'm looking. Oh my God. Now they're having a moment. That's okay. Here, I'm looking over my questions. What's the goal to be seen, understood, accepted? Where do you shoot? Oh, oh my God. Um, so what's the name of it? It's called Hollywood Dreams. Hollywood Dreams is the first film with Tana Frederick. My my inspiration. Oh my you know. God. Wait, why is this? Why is this relationship better than the other two? What did you learn from your You're past? You're not Jewish, are you? I'm half Jewish, the wrong you half. You know what you just said? What? Why? There's no wrong half in Jewish. That's That was made by the Orthodox rabbis. They're full of shit. I'm on my dad's side. I'm culturally Jewish. Uh, my children are half on their child, but they're culturally Jewish. Yes. It's got nothing to do with the, what the rabbis who gives a shit. Yeah. And that's only the Orthodox. That's 10% that consider that uh, it's not either parent. Stop not. flirting with me. In just reform, tell me the... <laughs> but in Reform and all the modern forms of Judaism, it doesn't matter if it's your father or your mother. Okay, so I'm Jewish. Good. Uh, what was I, my point about that? Oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh, you were telling me how, uh, I don't know, she said something? Tana says, oh, I said, why does this relationship with your current wife work no, better was, than the other two? Another, there's another question. Um, Hollywood Dreams, for, Justin Kirk. I don't remember. I'm Jewish now, for uh, sure. For Jewish. Why, why did that come up? Um I don't know. I think I was asking, you know, I, my original question was, yeah, like, why does this work? Why does your relationship oh. with her work better than the other ones? Why does it you last? You have to ask, should I get her in here? Not in a minute. Okay. Actually, you could. In a, in a second, I do want to bring her in. No, no, you don't have to. Oh, man. But you can. I will. Oh, but God. But just let's get her in for that one question. Really? Okay, okay yeah. let's grab her. Okay. You're so agile and all over the place. Oh, God. Oh, man. Anna, she just wants to know one thing. I'm sorry. Oh, I just want to know why does this? Because I'm sure you're very, right here. I'm sure you two are very open with each other, communicative. You work together. You're in love. All this stuff. So why do you think this relationship with you two, this pairing, works better than the other two? Oh, that's Before. getting very question. very private. Yeah. And wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. We're just easing. What is the answer? Yeah. Um, I thought I couldn't answer that. You'd have to answer it. I think. I think because I'm more of a guy than your other. You're you're more of the girl and I'm more of the guy. Come on, really? No, I think I mean that would be my honest answer. I mean I'm more of a, I think I'm I'm, I'm very much like a tomboy from Iowa. Really? Yeah. Wait, I when did do you a guys lot of sports? When did you first kiss? Why would that? Would, would that when? when did we first kiss? Yeah. Wait, uh, can I share the thing? Oh my kiss. goodness. When did you first kiss? Were you already were you acting? You fell in love acting, or you were only already in love before you started working together? No, we we weren't. He came to a showcase that I did. I worked in his office for like three. For a couple, for a while, and then he came to a showcase that I did, and um, said that I had like stage presence, and came with my parents, and took my parents out to dinner from oh Iowa. And paid? Then, he paid, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, but he <laughs> said, but I was just in this tiny little dance, and uh, this I just. I saw. I saw on stage, even though she had uh, practically nothing to do, she had this magic. Yeah. And so I just knocked me out. 
personally and professionally. Oh it was just, I was with 10 people on stage doing, so that's to all actors out there who are like doing a showcase. Yeah. You never know what's going to pan out oh and, my God. and how and when. And so it was really crazy. It was, uh, this is seven movies later or something. You've been in s- seven movies together. Yeah. We've collaborated on seven. 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 Mm-hmm. Have you been in all of them? Have you been in all of them? No, me. All no. seven? She has been. Yeah. Just you. Oh, and, wow. And, and, uh, and male co-star. Yeah, yeah, And six, uh, six plays later. I, oh. I lost my interest in acting because I got, through her, yeah. the person that I needed to be. Oh, my goodness. So then we had to find a, a, a male co-star in each movie, and we had some incredible men. I thought you said you knew my so I you know do. Seven of my movies. I know a lot of them. I know I'm gonna, now I'm going to go binge watch, yeah, yeah. and I'm gonna, I'll probably come back to a stalk you, and it's going to get weird. You you saw, <laughs> I saw <laughs> Hollywood Dreams with, with you and Justin Kirk, right? Right, right, right. And I just I adore him, and you were so great. When I walked in, I was like, oh, my God, of course. Like, yeah. you know, And I already knew you two were married, but I definitely saw you, and your performance was so incredible in that movie. But uh, is he exhausting? Like, what is he? Well, yeah, yeah. What is? <laughs> um, really? Oh, really? But it I seems like every woman. I would say you're definitely more exhausting. Oh, she is. No. Oh man. See, we're just like a big sorority house here. That's what we are. And it's like whoever's. What's, yeah. What's the secret? Is there a secret? Do you fight um, ever? Sorority house. I think that's the secret. What's that? that? Orgies? Well, that, nobody, Orgies? <laughs> no, no. The the opposite. Nobody's playing the male. Oh, yeah. we're both sissies. Oh wow! Yeah, in a certain I guess so. way, unless I'm out surfing She's or running or doing taekwondo. Oh my god! Do you know yeah. all the other wives or girlfriends or is it like a communal, like no, artsy no, no, thing? No, no, no? Actually, yeah, I know all of your, no, but all you of your exes. I don't get along with them all, both. but it's not all. No, I mean ex-girlfriends. Oh, oh yeah, I know. I mean, I get along with all of with, his. With um, of I mean, Henry's always cast his. For the most part, his um, exes in his films, and I've met all of them. I think all of them are extremely lovely. Karen Black, you were very close to. I was best friends oh. with Karen. Did you ever see that one? No. Uh, Karen Black. Which and one is, What's that called? Um, uh, can She Bake a Cherry can Pie? She oh, yes, I have uh, that. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, watch that. Okay, Henry. She's yeah. a total fraud. I am a total fraud. Isn't it enough just to come here with so an open heart I'm and I love no, you? I'm your number one fan, she well, says, and then it turns out she's seen like two movies. It only, I've seen like four movies and a documentary about you god well, forbid okay. you're a girl after my own heart because you know? i wrote henry a three-page letter telling him i loved his films yeah. because um, this is how this is how, this we, is met. how we met oh, that's because, how you met uh, oh. somebody had told me that if i wrote him a three-page letter telling him how much i loved his films he would cast me in it and he would give me a part i blew it and but i hadn't seen any of his films oh my god so, high five Tell me until after we were married. Oh, smart. Yeah. No. I'm such a bonehead. Oh, she God. No, no, no. Oh, my God. I hadn't seen one, so you're way ahead of me. No, no. <laughs> Share it with him. Share it with the wife yeah, with him. She, yeah. She, she wrote me a three-page wonderful letter about how, which movie was it? Uh, about how uh, this movie affected her. Deja yeah. vu. Oh, deja, deja vu. vu. It's available on Filmstruck. Yes, now it's on Filmstruck. Um, so completely beautiful letter that I had to call up and find out who this was. Yeah. And two and a half years or three years later, yeah. she'd been already in a movie or two. She said, listen, I have to tell you something from three years ago. I never did see that movie. Oh, my God. A letter guess, of a lies. Three-year letter of lies. Oh, my God. I was so proud of her for having manipulated me successfully. I thought, yeah. yes, we, we did an article for Variety, I think it was, for Variety. <laughs> 
wasn't it? Yeah. Where, saying, this is what every actor must do. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. don't, do whatever you have to do to make it work. Yeah. In this case, write a letter to a director, pretend that you love his movie, even though you haven't seen it. Me. And <laughs> that's right. She, she just no. did that with me. No. First, I, she, first it was, I've seen all your movies. No, then, I did not well, say I've, that. Well, then I've seen, then it was, well, it's all, it's, it's all recorded. It's Two. all recorded. Then, then she said, then she said, well, I've seen seven. Now it turns out to be three. She said four. I Listen, heard her say four. She four. said, "I've seen Venice, Venice. Yeah. I've seen Someone to Love. Yeah. God forbid, one of your movies changed my life so dramatically. I can't say yeah. I adore you. I'm your number one fan. That movie got under my skin. Always, but not forever. Uh, Someone to Love. Hollywood, Hollywood Dreams. Dreams. Documentary. Who is Henry Jaglum? I agree. You can go with fuck yourself. <laughs> so Venice, Venice was your. You're a Venice, Venice girl. Oh, I've seen that movie and I love it. Which one was your life changer? Oh, Someone to Love. And the Aww. documentary about you. We've got a lot to talk we about. A lot of Venice, Venice people who wrote me and because of that we've become great friends. Oh, really? Amazingly. It's, all, it's always interesting when I talk to one? people, like, which one changed your life? Oh, and Someone which one to was Love sort of changed like my life because it gave me... Cataclysmic in your... Because the, the it thing that they have in common... Give them the mic I a little bit. ...starred in both of those movies. Ooh. So. Obviously, it was me and my charisma. Yes. Always, yes. You're such a sweet narcissist. It's yeah. hard not to. It's love my favorite. Yeah. All right, get out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You can stay here the whole time if you want to. No, no, she doesn't want to listen to the bullshit. Well, you might have She's to come heard. back in. She's heard all of my stuff. No, you might have to come yeah. back. Though, but <laughs> thank you. You're a sweetheart. Wait, now tell me. Okay. Oh, what a babe. I can't believe. Look, she is, this is a babe. This is the goal. You see, I'm getting. I'm single, and I'm thinking, I'm getting so closed off. I'm not going to know how to. You are. I'm getting too closed off? Right, no, you're going to know how. Okay. You're going to know how when somebody comes along. Really? Yeah. But I feel like because I'm a woman, I feel like I relate to you and you're so curious. And when I see you in your movies and all, you know, two that I've watched, which is probably a lie. But anyway, I see you and you're, you have so much energy and you're talking about, you know, you want to know the answers to everything. It's almost exhausting. That's how That's right. I am. I yeah. exhaust men. I exhaust women. I feel like you're allowed to be that way because you're a man. No. You're and allowed to be that way until you meet the right person who loves that about you. Is that exist? Does that exist yes. in 2017 with all these yeah. men who are yeah. terrified? Yeah, but they were always like that men. They were. Yeah. What do you feel about all the Harvey Weinstein stuff going on right now? What, to, what can I say about that? It's I mean, disgusting. I, I mean, this guy. Is, I knew he. I know him. Yeah. And he's disgusting, and he's been disgusting, and people who knew him considered him disgusting without knowing all the details of what. So he's more disgusting even than we realized. Yeah. That's all. You know, when he, I mean, I'm, I knew half of those women socially in one way or another, and they never told me those stories, but I knew enough about him to know that that's not surprising. Mm -hmm. the, you know, uh, pigs rule. Pigs in rule. In Hollywood, yeah. yeah. They still do, too, but much less uh, than when I first came here, yeah. Which is, again, a reason that I wanted to make movies about women, and largely for women or sensitive men who really liked women. Yeah. And uh, it was great. I discovered there were a lot of terrific men. I used to be very prejudiced against men. I, oh, you I did? They were all, yeah, creepy and assholes. And Why? What was your dad like? No, he was terrific. My father was not an example of what I... It wasn't any classic story like that. Yeah. I had a very loving, wonderful father. Um, but, um, and, you know, that's from another time. And uh, men in my generation and the generations that have come since have been lacking a lot of sensitivity, a lot of awareness, a lot of, uh, you know, empathy. So the Weinstein thing doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. It's just a more disgusting example, an overt dis example of a lot of the crap that goes on with men. Well, now I feel like now all these stories are coming out and it's like empowering other women to 
uh, all their suppressed experiences are coming up and, and now everybody's yeah. sharing their stories. So very it's very like, good. It's good because now people know they can. Yeah. And that's the greatest thing about what's, what's happened since, uh, since I came into this world. Yeah. Uh, because I discovered there were a lot of creepy men, you know, I knew Weinstein. I knew him in, in, from the Cannes Film Festival and everybody Ugh. knew he was a creep, you know? What, what's good advice you would give to, do you have any children? Yes, I have two children. You have two children? Who are, who are both, uh, in their mid twenties. Mid twenties. How old? How tall are they? Twenty five and. <laughs> oh, that's. I'm an just issue. kidding. You're a tall lady. I'm five eleven. Uh huh. My son is about that. Okay. Uh, but he's too young for you. All right. Um, really? Damn yeah. it. Okay. Uh, unless you tell me the truth and you tell me that you're nineteen. Oh yeah, the truth that I'm nineteen. Yeah, he, he's twenty four. <laughs> too young for me. Yeah. I just slept with a twenty one year old, which is totally a mistake. Uh, why? Because he's too young for me. I'm thirty six. So what? That's, all that is illusion. You know, all of that is really not the reason not to be with somebody. Yeah, we just if didn't connect. If you find somebody who really is evolved at 21. Yeah, it wasn't know. this guy, though. Okay. Okay, but... Uh, well, 21, it's pretty hard to be evolved. You haven't lived long enough. That's I, what I'm I, saying. That's okay. I can't believe yeah. you. Um, yeah, but I mean, you could, be, you could do 27 or 20. It doesn't have to be older and all of this. Anyway. Yeah. Do you think, yeah. I sh- do you think people should have kids? You learn more about yourself and because yeah, of that? Yeah, any should. If you no want to... I always wanted to have kids. Yeah. And um, I'm very lucky. I've got two terrific kids. I mean... But if you don't feel the need to do that, there's no reason to do that. Yeah. I, I made a movie about that, too. Now, baby fever. Yeah, well, haven't seen see. it. <laughs> Stop that. I've seen... And I could tell you there was one of the stars in that movie. Yeah. Who was... I See, I can't... Did I star in that movie and I don't even remember? No. One Just of, kidding. One of the stars in that... Why are you wearing such dark lipstick? Um, to, uh, to romance you. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's not, you know... It's not becoming? I don't like it dark. Stop Harvey Weinsteining me, no, okay? That's not, that's, not, okay. that's not Harvey Weinstein. It's chapstick. That's a f- fellow girl. Henry, it's chapstick. I'm enough of a girl to be able to say that to you. It's barely anything. But you understand that's not Weinstein. I'm Weinstein. just fucking with you. The, no, but I'm saying it's the other way around. I empathize sufficiently with the girl <laughs> that I think I wouldn't wear that. Oh, my God. I was just lubing up no, my lips so fine. I could be moist. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Just, uh, you know. You think, you it's, think a, it's too it's dark? It's a color choice, like your nail polish. You, know, you don't like just, it? No, I hate it. Why? You like natural? Uh, no, either natural or in the pink red family. I'm you know traditional. What? You're in traditional. Way. In that sense. I'll change. I'll no, do whatever you want. No, no, har- purple I, nails. I almost called you Harvey. <laughs> this this looks like uh, Elmira. What was her Elvira. name? Elvira. Elvira. Oh my God, that's, right. that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me Thank in your you. entire life. Okay. Anyway, where do we go from here? I'm out of here. I, I can't believe this. Um, so you like more natural? Yeah. You like red? Like a like a that like a red? Doesn't have to be natural because I like red. Red. Okay, I'll do red next. Like this red. Any kind of red, Pointing from to this a red down to just, oh. you know, anything. Yes, I get it. Okay, I hate fighting with you. This no, is so... we're not fighting. We're just aestheticizing. Aesthetic. Like we're, we're like in a scene in your movie right now, or we're in the kitchen talking Every, about... Everybody has always told me that everything seems like a scene in my movie. Well, because you I mean. take the time to explore and... Because I encourage actors to use their own realities. Yeah. And not some necessarily some scripted reality that I give them and frequently what they give me is so much better than anything I've written yeah then in the editing process I choose the best stuff and at least half of it comes from the actors would the lipstick chat nail polish chat be edited out would it be on the floor would it make uh, the movie it depends how it looked on film okay it might be very good it, I think it describes a very big generational thing yeah uh, which is my generation 
as open as we are and as much of a girl as I am, yeah. still have certain kind of conventions, which is that nail polish should look pretty, okay, not scary. Not scary. I yeah, can't believe. Purple, Who knew? Purple, black, whatever that is. I can't believe I just scared look, you. Henry Jaglum. No, I'm I, didn't sc- sc- I didn't say you scared me. I said your nail polish is scary. Is this why I'm single? No. Why am I single then? You don't know me because you haven't. Because there's very few decent men. Yeah. I mean, if there's good reason for you to be single, it means you're probably selective. Yeah. You know. Um. Oh, look at the silence that happened after that. It's a miraculous silence. A miraculous silence. Because we're talking about your life. Um. Yes. Let me deflect immediately. So. Sure. Um, I'll join you in deflecting, but that is a reality. That's not your fault. It's not your fault. Yeah. You're single. It's not because of you that you're single. You know that. I hope not. No, it's only probably because you're discerning and yeah. selective and need certain things and care about certain things. Yeah. And there are very few men. You just have to not give up because they are out there. They are out there. Well, it's bizarre because so I have a I had a blog. I've sold TV shows and made things and I'm whatever about the talk about sex and love and dating and relationships. Right. I have this podcast where I have open conversations with people. Uh-huh. And I noticed for me that men think they like that about me. They think they like my curiosity and talking about everything. And But they're scared of it. But then again, I refer to it as they're attracted to my light and then they want to put a lampshade over my head. Mm. And this That's ha- good. Yeah. It That's happens very good. all the time. And so... I'm just getting to the point where I fr- I'm losing the hope that the uh, no, that childlike enthusiasm happens when you fall in love, which is like my favorite thing in the world. You know, you just have to find somebody else who's got the combination of things that you need. That's all. Yeah. And part of it is being a girl too, being the other person, the guy, having enough girl in him. Yeah. And that's a huge connect- reason that Tana and I are so connected. Yeah. Because we're both male, female, and we're also like girlfriends. And you think it's better to be with somebody than to be alone? No, there's nothing like the better. I, I happen to think being with somebody is wonderful. I grew up with a romantic notion from the movies, though. And uh, I can't say that mine is better than anybody else's. But yes, I think finally it's wonderful if two people can get together and share a life. Do you think you learn more about yourself and, and like the no, human no. experience it's is more... It's not just learning about yourself. I, don't th- I think you have to know who you are pretty well before that happens. And I think we all try to do that much too young, including your age. Yeah. I think by the time you're in your 40s, usually like early 40s, late 30s, you are more able finally to be able to share with somebody else. And before then, I don't think you're supposed to do that really. Yeah. And what's nice about this society today is that many people wait and, you know, you know, go through a lot of bad relationships before they find the good one. Do you think it's harder now to have like a, an intimate relationship because like everybody's addicted to social media or porn and their attention span is just like they're when they're with a real girl because their addiction to porn is so intense. It just seems like that because it's, it's wrong, so exciting. just wrong person to talk to people. That's all. Oh, me. Oh, me. Oh, I just feel like it's a cultural thing. I think it's just something that's happening. I don't think so. No, no, no. just the wrong people. I've got a 24 year old son. Yeah. Who is as compassionate, open, sensitive as any man has been. I cannot wait. And, just uh, kidding. <laughs> um, no, I, but what I'm saying is he's just 24 and yeah. he, he knows stuff I didn't know till I was 34. Yeah. Uh, so I think a lot of things have changed in a good, for the good as well as things for the bad. A lot of men are much more conscious yeah. and sensitive and aware of themselves and therefore aware of women as separate individuals and not cliche ideas and so on. I think... Just finding the right people, not giving up, being out there, yeah. finding, you know, just taking the blows, yeah. you know, and and not just crawling back into your cave. Have you always been like in a relationship, back to back? 
No, there was a period of, well, it depends what you call a relationship. I, I, I always wanted to be with somebody permanently. I was a monogamous person. Oh, really? So uh, if I dated several people, it was like only this person's not good for monogamy, this person's not good, this person is, and that's how it worked. So I never wanted to have affairs or anything when I was married because I wanted to, I, you know, I believe very much in one and one uh, and sharing life together. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reasons, my first two wives both left me. One of them I documented in all ways, but not forever. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the other one uh, I just, you know, was unfortunate in its own way and surprising to me in both cases. I was totally amazed. I thought everything was fine. So that's something about me thinking the world is perfect, everything's happy, and not paying attention oh. to certain things, I guess. You felt like the rug, the rug was pulled out from under you? Yeah, both, oh, my God. Both times. Weren't you dating the girl and someone to love? And then because I saw her interview. Yes, and, but that period of time, we both knew we weren't each other's perfect person. How come? We adored each other. Because we, we shared an interest, like her career, she was singing. Andrea Marcovici, we're talking about, yeah. who's a great singer, the greatest nightclub singer in America today. And we worked on her act, and we, we loved music together, and we loved certain things about each other. Uh, but we both knew that, the, and we had a relationship where we said, if either one really falls for somebody, let follow through, see what happens, the other one will understand. Yeah. And that happened. Uh, so she's my, one of my closest friends. But the good thing is almost every one of my ex-serious girlfriends has stayed a very close friend of mine. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a testament to you. And them. Yeah. Um, and them. Well, and how much of Sally Kellerman and, and the actresses and the people... No, Sally Kellerman is just a friend. No, no. But I mean, in the movie, uh, Someone to Love. Yeah. When everybody was kind of talking about what they're experiencing, and Sally Kellerman is having her, Breakdown. you know, emotional spiral. That was true. That was her. That really was her. Yeah. Oh my god! Which was wonderful. Yeah. She gave over to the to the part so completely that yeah. when I put her in the ladies' room, and I said, "Let's go for reality," you yeah. know, and she just really, what did you just do? This when she's putting all that shit. I I mimed like face. her putting That's all that right. stuff, and she's putting yeah. on her makeup and cold cream and right, all this stuff. Right, it was so right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was love wonderful. Her. She's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and she's an old friend, you know, so. Um, yeah, but I think I think what you have to do is keep going. Just keep and keep being hopeful. Be keeping hopeful. Yeah, yeah. Not giving that up and looking at the people as you meet them and maybe somebody comes along and you know, the more you go out, it's a simple thing. It's not don't stay at home. Yeah. Oh, don't don't stay at home. I do that. I stay home and I watch movies nonstop. Well, I understand. Not not yours, not your movies. You know, <laughs> you're, you're supposed to do that after you find the person. Oh, see I've just been watching like uh, you know, your movies too. Even though I haven't seen all of them. No, I understand. A lot of them. Yeah. I don't want you to think that I don't like. No, no, I understand. I'm incredibly moved by you. It's insane. Like, it's very rare. I don't always interview people I'm I'm completely fascinated by. Well, I'm glad you're fascinated by me. Yeah. And, and I want you to see more movies. I will. Okay. Well, you know, I'm going to steal all of them. You okay. won't know what hit you. It's no, gonna, you just yeah. make sure before you leave. I'll remind you. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I've just been watching. Uh, I've been having a Jaglum Fest and a, and a Mazursky Fest. Uh-huh. That's like. Paul. Yeah. Yeah, um, I knew him well. We had some weird things together. What weird things? Oh, I can't go into a whole story. I want details. No, it's, <laughs> it's a great story because he cast me in as a lead in his movie. Which one? I didn't do it. He cast me as the lead in the movie and then started, I don't want to get into this whole story, but it ended up, I ended up going to Peru to be in Dennis Hopper's movie. and uh, Which movie? He, he, uh, the last movie. And then he cast, um, it's called The Last Movie. And then he's cast um, Donald Sutherland in the part, and uh, it was a big thing. But um, wait, Bloom in Love? No, 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 no. 
Which one was this? The Tempest? Uh, no, it's the one where it's the autobiographical one where he wanted everybody to play. The guy plays him. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. Oh, uh, Bob Carroll, Ted and Alice? No, that's a good movie. I've been watching all of them, yeah. yeah. That's a good movie. Uh, Natalie Wood was a f- close friend. Oh, really? Girlfriend for a Girlfriend? Exclusive. I looked a no, little, these yeah. Aren't exclusive. They're, They're exclusive. all over the internet. All right, well, listen, okay, exclusive for me. All over the internet. <laughs> I've just found some pictures of Natalie and me that I hadn't seen in years. I had never seen the picture, photos. Yeah. Reminded me of what a sweet girl she was. So, but so you didn't do the movie. You no, I didn't do the movie. I went to Peru instead and did a stupid thing, and then got the altitude got me, and way up in Cusco, and I couldn't take it. And all these big guys are going around doing all drugs and everything, and I ended up running away from the movie and not doing the big scenes. And uh, that's called the last movie. It's a terrible movie that Dennis messed up terribly. Oh my God! But I had edited Easy Rider. That has that was my start in my career in Hollywood, oh because God. of that and the success of that. Bert Schneider, who produced it, gave me the chance to direct my first movie, A Safe Place. Oh. You haven't seen A Safe Place? I can't believe I have not seen it. No, it's okay. Because right now on Filmstruck, there's Deja Vu, uh, there's Always. Uh, no, there's, there's three of them. No, Deja Vu, Someone to Love. Um, uh, movie. I don't know. Which I don't. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but then there's. And I watched a documentary about you. What do you think of the documentary about you? Well, you didn't see the other documentary, which is on the back. If you got the documentary from me, mm-hmm. you'd have on the back of it an, a, a follow-up hour what? with me putting down the documentary and saying why it was just going for stuff that didn't really go to the core of what I was trying to do creatively. It was more gossipy and stuff. Oh, the gossipy thing was, yeah, because they tried to do a thing where I'm sure you know, obviously it's a documentary about you, because I was going to ask you about... What? Because you love your mother, you have a fondness, an intense fondness for women. I believe when I watch your films, that completely comes across... I'm wearing the nighty in in that movie. In the which movie? In in the documentary. Oh. But of my, I've done too many drugs. My then girlfriend, yeah. Oh. So wait, no. did you ever get into drugs, like drugs? mushrooms or? No. Uh, I did. I did. I went through a period of trying them, uh, you know. But I never got hooked on anything because I it was dangerous. Did you and like? I, did you like what they did to your brain? No. Did they help your no. creativity? No. no. But some of my friends were one of my best friends. My best friend and my producer, Bert Schneider, got destroyed from a greatest career where he made Easy Rider, Five Easy Pieces, my film, uh, Last Picture Show. And he was brought down. But the, the, the bad use of drugs that I've seen happen to people. You know, I, I was driving along stoned on a, on a capsule of... of uh, ecstasy? Of, no, ecstasy. I don't know. Of, um, uh, Mushrooms, pot, no, waludes. The, the real thing. Uh, Speed, methamphetamine? No, what the f- Okay. Anyway. Yeah. And uh, I was driving along on uh, Crescent Heights, somewhere up high, and saw some somebody outside of the car that seemed to be running to keep up with me, which I was impossible because I was driving. And I looked out, and then I suddenly was outside. It was me running next to me, and I was looking in at myself driving, and I realized I'm in serious trouble. I'm driving up uh, this no. guy, and I'm split where I am here and outside looking in. And I stopped the car, threw the keys over the mountaintop. We're up there in Benedict Canyon. Yeah. And that was the end of my drug experience. Thank God. I, I wouldn't do any more. I realized this shit is too heavy and serious, and, you know. Yeah. And that was, that was just... Um, just what do you call it? Um, Experimentation. That's all you needed. Yeah, but what was it? That was uh, that was you know 
what are those f- things called? Uh, I don't know. What's the drug? No, the before ecstasy. My God. The, hold on. The, the, the biggest thing that there was. Oh, the, wait, hold on. Like speed, cocaine, peyote, DMT, uh, okay. mushrooms. I don't even do very many drugs. Yeah, no, I don't do anything. I don't no. think you need any of them. No, I don't. Your brain is already but, enough. But, but I... I can't believe, I mean, everybody that was what people were doing. I had Richie Pryor with me try to jump out of my window. I had to hold on to his ankle. Really? I looked in the mirror. What was that called? The drugs? Wait, what? Heroin? No. The main main thing. The main thing. Windows. Windows of... Fuck. I don't know. It's amazing. I can't believe it. Okay. Uh, Anyway... I'm glad I don't know. We'll figure out... No, it's You're trying to get me on the drugs. No, this was what, what we... People experimented with more than anything else. Um, anyway, Richie tried to, you know, I saw myself in the mirror. I was gorgeous. I was beautiful. I heard beautiful Bach music. I had, got, I was in love with myself. And he saw the devil. He looked in the mirror, Richard Pryor, this is, and tried to jump out of the window. I had to hold him by the ankle. And I, I was so loaded on this stuff that I was, it goes through your system and but I had I knew enough that I had to stop him. It was an amazing experience. It's in one of the books about Richard Pryor. Oh my God! Yeah. So I that's the, I was the end of between that and driving and finding myself running outside of myself. Yeah. What you can't tell me what I've gone before, through a list a myriad all of those things. There were windows of people used them experimentally in therapy and everything. I'm. I'll Google it later and I'll explain it in the intro. Okay, thank you. But I, I, I listed such a myriad of drugs. Yeah, I just no. Drink. This is my, this is. Uh, acid. acid. Oh you. my god. That's all I'm th- thinking. What? Uh, LSD. No, she didn't say. Oh. It. I don't know, but you'd have to go back and listen to the track. All Henry and I do is acid. fight. Was, yeah, I've done acid. I've done acid. Yeah. All we do is fight. I only it's... recently did mushrooms by myself, and uh-huh. I'm so. This, I guess I must be Jewish. I did them by myself, and I wrote a note for the police, and uh-huh. I put it on That's my very wall. Jewish, yeah. yeah, and I was like, just you know, officer to who may concern. The drugs I took are on the counter. I'm just living my life. And what drug was it? Just mushrooms. I did them alone. Yeah. Oh. I don't need it. No. But, uh, but the same thing with acid. Yeah. And acid. Acid. Just, uh, LSD, acid. LSD. Yeah. That's what it was. And when I saw what happened to Richard Pryor, one. And then two, when I was driving up and saw the person, it was me running outside the car. Yeah. Threw the keys out. That was the end of acid. So I only had two, two acid trips. I was not a drug person. You don't need it. Trying in a drug culture to figure out what do they like about this. Totally. So, so I was trying. That's, that's like me. I can't stand pot. Everybody smokes pot. I'm like, I can't yeah. do this because I like being in control. I like being yeah. caffeinated. I gave up on that exactly the same after trying it because everybody was doing it. Yeah. I thought, I, I, I don't feel good. Well, because you have a lot to say and I feel like you want, it's nice to be sharp and you want to, you know, yeah. say what you want to say. the opposite of sharp. And then when you're, but I do like drinking. I like drinking because I'm, I'm familiar with that high. Oh. You know, I'm familiar with that. But then when you're in a cocoon and you're all stony, I'm useless. Yeah. And you would be useless. Yeah, and I don't drink, really. You don't? No. But did you you drink so much wine in your movies, or all one of them I've seen? One, one movie. <laughs> that, that one movie. My, this, my wife is trying to leave me, and I'm getting drunk. Yeah, I got real drunk. That was real wine. Yeah, do you get jealous? Not, that was not movie wine. It was real wine. Yeah, and so I really was talking about what I was really talking about, wanting to be able to get up on the table, wanting to know that I was in love with somebody who loved me enough that if I got up on the table in the fanciest restaurant in the world and took a dump on the table, they would that that woman would just say, Come on down, it's okay, and wouldn't leave me because I needed to know that I was able to do that. Hey, you're safe. Well, Accepted. That, that, that person would accept whatever yeah. it was, and you know, then I don't have to go to those extremes. Oh my God! You didn't see the movie A Safe Place? I talk about this. 
I did not say a safe place. You're going to no, give it to me. Place. No, always, always, always. Yes, every, I did. Every word I say and always is true to me. Oh, my God. Every word that she said is true to her. We played fictional characters at a fictional Fourth of July party, though I shot it in my house. In the house we had lived in. Who together. owns that house now? We got to get that house back. Uh, I got to shoot my movie in that house. You got to shoot it in your house. That's the in whole my house. I already did. I've shot things in there. Uh-huh. It's too small. But Melissa Leo. That was Melissa Leo's first film. That was her very first film. Did you she guys play the sister of my wife? Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw like uh, behind the scenes footage of like, was it difficult? Like, you guys have difficulty getting that performance, or like, what was that experience no. like? No. No. Whose what? performance? Oh, Melissa Leo's, where she was trying to hit a, a certain thing, and, and she was having an oh, emotional. She might have felt that. But I, I, she it was great. As oh, far as I was concerned. Well, that was in the. She's my one of my closest friends. She is. Has been. I've done four movies with her. You haven't seen the other three, so. Uh, oh my no, god! But no, I'm saying. I will see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not. Let, let me be able to say that without each time you're going screaming. Oh my goodness! <gasps> I'm, I'm shrieking. not putting you down. No, yeah. I'm not mad at you or okay, anything. Okay, good. I just want to yeah. coexist. It's nice that you've seen six and that you liked one or two. <laughs> Go on. My goodness. All right. So let's, let's say there's some, you know, film, film kid or whoever, or maybe it's, you know, is your son going to be a filmmaker? Both my children are actors. They are. My daughter wants to be a director. My son does a lot of music and I think he's going more in that direction. He's, he's written like a hundred songs already. And really quite extraordinary. Oh my God. My daughter wants to direct. She's directed short films and she was, and she's been an assistant director on big Hollywood movies. And yeah. What's her name? Sabrina Jaglom. Sabrina Jaglom. So She's coming along. What advice do you give to her? Not letting anybody tell you you can't do something. Yeah. That's the only piece of advice that anybody who says you can't do something is full of shit. And you should just know that you can do whatever you think you can do and not let anybody tell you you've got to compromise. Well, how do you do you think it's harder for a woman? Of course. Why? Because of a sexist society. I mean, there's no question that's that's harder for a woman. You've got to resist all the all the what's his name? Harvey Weinstein. The Weinstein bullshit it's gonna be called from now on. It's a perfect name for it. Yeah. You've stop Weinsteining me, yeah. Yeah, stop Weinsteining me. Mm-hmm. Weinstein stop. Weinstein or Weinstein? Weinstein. I don't Weinstein. It, Martin Weinstein. Okay. So don't Weinstein me. Weinstein yeah. Ugh, no yeah. Yeah. But so when a woman is put in a situation like in a Weinstein, Weinstein yeah. Stein situation, Weinstein. what advice would you give her? Any I gave of it to somebody like, in Cannes, not knowing that this was going to become the guy who was going to be emblematic of pigs yeah. forever. Uh, he came out, he did this with a friend of mine in Cannes, and I, I told I told her, what, are you, what can you get out of it without like letting him do anything. What can you get out of it? You, so you got to swim up close and then get the fuck out That's of there. That's exactly right. I've been in so many situations like that. Yeah. And it's such, it is such a confusing thing as a woman because you go, oh my God, you got this invisible carrot dangling in front right. of you. That's you, right. you want him to help you. You don't want to fuck the guy. You right. don't want to do anything, but you've got to gracefully navigate not yeah, hurting his a, ego. Yeah, it's an acting job. It is an acting job. And I've had guys block look the at door. It, don't get emotionally involved. Don't Just get... look at it as an acting job. You've had guys do what? Block the oh, block door. the door and be like, oh, no, no, sure. no, don't leave powerful men who don't like yeah. Uh, yeah. to be told no or whatever. Right. But um, so going back to see so your daughter's a filmmaker. I'm a filmmaker. It's not, it's only made sure it's not made a feature. That's my daughter. So 
Same thing. Well, so my budget for my thing, I'm just using me as an example. Yes, I'll throw yes. it right back to you. Use you as an it's, example. Well, it's like nowadays I feel like, you know, a million dollar movie used to be so little. It used to be tiny, right? Now they're Joe Swanberg's and uh, are you a fan of Joe Swanberg? I don't know who that is. I feel like he, you're an influence for him. Uh-huh. Like, uh, but now it's so much easier. Now you've got the, the you can digital. do it for so much less money and you can do digital thing for nothing practically. That's true. And it's great. And you you've got a way of showing it to people. You know, as an actor, I starred in Gidget and The Flying Nun. Yeah. And those films had to be carried in big cans, and somebody had to be willing to see them at a studio. Yeah. Now, all I would do with if I starred in those kind of things now, the equivalent, whatever it is, to, to, as an actor, but the same thing applies to a director's work, is I just get get online and send it to the, whoever, and you can get it, everything seen by anybody. Yeah. And so it's a great time because the technology has allowed us, plus you can make movies for so much less money. Yeah. And um, it's the best time to be a filmmaker. It's the best time to be an actor, I think. Yeah. And mainly an actress. Oh, really? Because, yeah, because they've learned that the boundaries don't exist. So they're not looking at this anymore of what a girl did this, a woman did this. Yeah. Then that's gone. Is they, it? Oh, yeah, that's gone. They, not, I'm not saying that giving you the money is as easy it's as so hard. It's I'm not saying that but doing the work getting a film made whether it's a short film or whatever kind of film yeah. getting people to see it is so much easier so much easier I made the mistake where I didn't write uh, an always but not forever I wrote something with too many scenes too many locations all right, this so stuff do it now so it's like $850,000 why would it cost $850,000 because there's so many locations and actors so many as, and now well, I want to so, so what, what did I do with always I shot it all in my house yeah so that's, no locations. No, that's what I'm saying. So and I what actors. I use my friends. All your friends. And my wife and me. And so, so I could make that movie for 300000 300000 And then Samuel, what's his name? Samuel Goldwyn. Goldwyn buys it for a million. Yeah. And you're way ahead. Well, now, so while I struggle to look out, look for financing and I'm pounding the pavement looking for financing, now I'm writing something inspired by you and good, always good. yeah but that because can be done very inexpensive in, a, in one of my friends location is the most important thing you could do is like find an excuse yeah look at my films you'll see yeah so you said you saw someone to love it all yeah. takes place in that theater, theater. Uh, always it all takes place in that in the beautiful house. house yeah so i mean that's what my next thing is yeah you find the thing where, which has one location and you have the and guy you create a story that justifies that that's yeah so now while i wait to get the money if i even when i ever get that money my side hustle that I'm is like I'm just gonna outline. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna write it, write a single location thing, yeah. and just get very crafty. And also the technology of having a camera yeah. and not needing film. It's like you you can do it so much easier now. Yeah, so much cheaper. What? So I need it's more. It all started with sex lies and videotapes. You, you, you know. I never saw that movie. Wait, Doug, is that Doug Lyman? No, it's um, my Who's friend that? whose name I've forgotten. Yeah, me too. I've forgotten no, all of it. He's a wonderful director. Uh, um, we did too much acid that one time. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to pee. Hold on oh, a second. Oh, no. Everybody, Henry Jaglum pees? Henry Jaglum pees. Bring the mic. Sitting down. Bring the mic. <laughs> Be right back. Okay, cool. Henry is back from his break in the men's room, even though he doesn't do anything Wait. human. Ladies' room. That's, That's let me correct myself. And he's just brought me all these presents of his oh. movies. Which I don't know which oh you may have not. Well, well, can I don't pick it up yet? Uh, well, I can see what I got you. Um, this is the show business four pack. Uh-huh. Venice, Venice, Hamptons. Well, you haven't seen Festival in Cannes. You didn't see, right? Yes, I did, but I want it. You got it. And I'm just 45 minutes from Broadway. You didn't see oh that. Oh my god, I didn't. The three comedies with my weird brother. There's your brother. Yeah. yeah. And me and New Year's Day. You didn't see that. 
I did not see New Year's okay. Day. We said David Duchovny. Oh, yeah, goodness. I gave him his first part. Oh, handsome you are. Oh, my God. His first. Oh, boy. Um, you. Oh, me. Thank you. Jesus. Uh, the Tanner Frederick three-pack with oh this, the same character in these three movies. Most recently, Ovation, which was my most recent movie. Yeah. Uh, this is the Maggie Chase trilogy, which Tanner Frederick... Three movies, Hollywood Dreams, Queen of the Lot, and Ovation. It's the same character go over a 10-year period. Oh, my that goodness. We, that we shot it with three different... Uh, anyway, oh. you saw one of them, oh. I think. Oh, I saw Eating a long time and ago when I was too young to... the women's quartet. Eating, Baby Fever, Going Shopping, and Irene in Time. Oh, Four actually, movies that deal with issues. Only, where this is mother, mother's daughter. Oh my shopping issue, baby. You know, and what do uh, I owe you? Nothing. I have a credit card. You don't think? I you. have a credit card. Yeah, it's I a debit card. I don't have a thing to stamp your credit. I card. can't believe this. Yeah. I'm. If you'd like some of these, I'd give you on the way out. Okay. Or right. I didn't know if you were interested in this. Are what? you interested in this? Yes. Good. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> Yeah. So much. So much. No, I'm not, I'll give you the ones. Okay. He has a girlfriend. He has a girlfriend for how long? That's a good sign. I'll give you some good movies. He's a good boyfriend. Movies that you'll enjoy together. Okay. I try to. I try to cast my spell on him all the time, and he's not having it. No, of he course not. He wants no part of me. Well, he just he's happy. Okay. You know. Uh, all right. I don't want to ruin his life. I can't believe this. This is incredible. Thank look, you. Look, you look twelve, so genetically you don't have to worry about this thing. That's true. You I might, might age out of having a baby, though. What? I might age out of having a baby. Oh my God! Look, I'm keeping them from you. I don't You're even take them. Age out of having a baby. Don't worry. Well, I want all the advice you have as a my director. Best, my best, like Candace Bergen, is my, one of my best friends. Yeah. I, her first baby, uh, her only baby, at forty-nine. Yeah, Chloe. Yeah. I follow her on Instagram, on Instagram, wow. and I'm listening to her by autobiography. Who, who's Candace Bergen's? Is, did she record it? She recorded it. You can buy it and listen to it. Oh, her, how great! I yeah, I pushed her to write that. Pushed her to write it. You did? Uh, yeah. In the book, she gives me credit at the very beginning because she was. I can't do this. I can't possibly do this. And the point is, you can do it. Yeah. Whoever you are, you can do it. Yeah. And you, there's a lot of things that tell you that you can't do it. Society, structure of all kinds, all kinds of people in your life indirectly telling you, you, what are you doing that for? You can't possibly do that. You can do it. Yeah. That's the key. And she did it. And the book got huge acclaim and it was wonderful. It's called Knock on Wood, the first one. Mm-hmm. The second one was about her life with Louis Mollin. It's a wonderful, happy ending. Ugh. It's so sad, though, because they're so in love. You mean sad because he died? Sad because he died, but I, yeah. know, I know she found love again, and that's beautiful. And she's really happy. And then, and she's really, you know, but the first one yeah. will really tell you what the 1960s knock would, because her father was a great ventriloquist. I don't know if you know that. No. To me, to my mother, to my mother. Yeah. When I told her I was spending, my friend was Candace Bergen. She said, "Oh, I loved her. Her father was so handsome, and he was, he did." You, of course you don't know who, who who Edgar Bergen was. Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy was a dummy, a, a wooden dummy. And these two got famous on the radio, which when you think about it, what is a ventriloquist yeah. doing on the radio? How can he become a star on the radio? You don't even need to be good at it. Yeah. You know? He became incredibly famous. It was the number one program on the air when I was a child. Oh, my God. And Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. And her father was Edgar Bergen, who was a rather protective, shut-off, Swedish-born guy, and she grew up in competition with the dummy. Oh, with, my God. With, at, at breakfast, they would have uh, the dummy sitting there, and her father felt more comfortable talking through the dummy and so on. She had issues of that kind. Jesus. And um, she wrote a great book about it all called Knock on Wood. Okay, I have to get that. Yeah. 
I gotta watch. I got a lot of movies to watch. Yeah, you got a few things to do. That's good. That's good. And then you had what was the name of the actor who was in my dinner with Andre, who's in Always. No, he had a beard. That's how, oh. He's in my dinner with Andre, right? He's not in my dinner with Andre. He's Andre. I know. Well, he's his Andre. Is, his name is Andre Gregory. Yes, but and he's in. He's he, Andre. Yeah. He's in several of my movies. Yeah. He's in. Uh, he's in always in a small part, but he's got a big part in um, Last Summer in the Hamptons, which you haven't seen yet. Is it in here? It better be it in there. It better be in here. If it's I not, swear I'm to God. Get it for you. If it's not, I'm. I'm going to lose my shit. Hamptons. <laughs> Hamptons. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's in the this festival in Cannes, Hamptons, and 45 Minutes of Broadway. Thank you. I've never been to the Hamptons. Watch Hamptons. Okay. It's, it was shot entirely after my parents, my father, my mother had died two years before, and my father died. When he died, they had the house in the Hamptons that I used to go every summer and visit them in, and we had to sell the house. That was the last summer. And so I decided to make this movie yeah. about that on the grounds of this house, on this, in this house, and... Um, it's quite something to see. You'll see it. It's, it's really... I'd watch that right away if I were you I'll first. I'll watch that. Yeah. yeah, I'll watch that later tonight. And Andre Gregory has a big part in that uh, as the father in this family of actors and writers. And it's, a, it's the kind of family I wanted to have come from. So I made a, created a movie about the kind of theatrical family, which probably would have been horrible to really come from. Yeah. Uh, but I came from a very straight, normal family, and th- it's my fantasy family, and it's a, uh, it's a, I'm very happy to say it's a wonderful movie oh my that God. summer in the Hamptons. You will enjoy it. I will enjoy it. Yeah. So what else about uh, advice to young filmmakers, me and... And I play and a bad guy in you it. You do? A small part of a... Uh, Ugly Hollywood of of Harvey uh, Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. If oh. I had only known, I would have dubbed. Now I should have dubbed my damn it. Call him Johnny Weinstein or something. How hard is it being the actor, being in your movies that you're directing? It's not at all. People used to say, "Well, how do you do that?" Yeah. Look, I called up Orson Welles for my first time. I did it was always. Mm-hmm. You saw always. Yes. Yes. That's the first time I would. I shot a movie which I was starred in and also directed. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, you know, he said, "The two things have to be separated. When you're acting, you don't think about." Directing. Mm. You just act. You trust that the thing will work. You'll worry about it in the editing room. And when you're directing, you don't think about the actor, including you. You're yeah. just the director. That helped profoundly for me to make a movie starring myself. How did you direct while you're in the scene? I didn't have to direct. That's the point. When I'm in the scene, I'm the actor. And you don't think of yourself as the director. You set up the scene as the director, and then you leave it. And you are the actor. And emotionally, I entered that part more easily than any other part, except Festival in Cannes, which you have not seen. I did see oh, that. you did? But I saw it years ago. I saw it, like, when it came out. Oh, oh yeah, you should see it now. I will. I'm going mean, to... It's a different... But, um, anyway. Did you have playback? Did you watch playback of yourself, or no? No time for that? You just moved on? You know who invented playback? Who? Jerry Lewis. He I know. Oh, yes. He didn't trust anybody. Yes. So he came up with this device where you could right away see what you've done. And then he was, you know, an egomaniac, Jerry. Yeah. And um, Do you believe he hated women? No, he didn't hate women. He was just he loved himself yeah. to a point where he couldn't probably understand another human being, let alone a woman. I had a very weird time with him, which I won't go into. But Go uh, into it. Tell he, us everything. He, no, he okay. just took me under his wing. He, he thought I was, he just was going to, he was like wonderfully adored me. He, he would say on the set of this movie, stop, nobody, everybody, Henry's here. And I was on the other end of the set and all these grown men who were working for him had to wait while I crossed the set, came over and gave him a kiss on the cheek. He said, I can't, for, uh, until Henry kisses me, I can't. And we had that close thing. I was a kid. I was in awe of him. 
but I was fascinated and he adored me because I was in love with him. That's why he adored me. And then he said, would you like to see the rough cut? I said, a little, no, some, some out, what do you call them? Dailies. 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 And I said, yeah. And I came and I saw something and I said, you know, and he said, isn't that great? And I said, well, that doesn't work. You know why? And I said about one thing that didn't work and he never talked to me again. No. And this great love affair, he was madly in love. He took me up to his house. He showed me, it was like, because I was in love with him and I was willing to show it. At the time? 25. Uh, five. What was the name of his movie that he was showing I, you dailies from? I don't remember. The first whatever that one was yeah. that he was shooting then for, for, for Paramount, I yeah. think it was. And I'd come into his office. Oh, that's also a great story, but it's visual. It needs certain props. Sorry, can't do it. Take him out. Do something. So, no, I can't do <laughs> okay. that on the air. I need to do it on TV. Okay. So, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of stories. Yeah. That's the fun thing of going through life. There's a lot of stories. Oh, collecting stories. Yeah. You can still collect stories when you're in a relationship, right? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. That doesn't stop. Um, a good relationship encourages that. Yeah. That's not a bad, you know. And I think my goal is, and that's what you found in your relationship to work with, you know, because I love, yeah. you know, Cassavetes. And yeah. who are your influences, by the way? Or who Cassavetes are your is, uh, he was so encouraging to me. He was? He used to invite me to his screenings because I'm a great laugher. And he would put me in a place in front when he had backers in the back that he wanted to impress and needed money. So he'd always put me in the front a few seats because he knew I'd be laughing and I'd be physically very responsive. And that was good, you know. And he was very encouraging to me. I had not made any films and he was... I was just crazy for, I mean, uh, for Casavides. How did you meet all these people before you had made films? You were just, were you Well, born? maybe, I, I can't, no, no, I wasn't. I, I, um, Where were you born? London. London? Yeah, I came to New York, though, at one. Okay. World War Two. Hence you know. no accent. Never heard of it. Don't know what no, you're I talking know, about. Okay, it's keep going. Small, Who are you? Where are we? Small, small event. Yeah. My mother's from Germany. Mine my too. father from Russia. Mine too. And they were in England because they had to get out of Europe, obviously. And I was born in London mm-hmm. and then came across and then war it was, thank God we were in America. And, um, but that's not what I was trying how, to tell how you. How old were you when you came to LA? That's right. Um, I first came as looking for jobs as an actor. How old? 22, 23. Yeah. But then, uh, 25, 26, I got flying nun and Gidget. I guest starred in those two things and then I couldn't get traction. I broke my leg in a police the police car hit my car and uh, I ended up there and I realized I wanted to direct why is it because you hated being at people's mercy because you're yeah it, yeah yeah well you want to know really why yeah get the, girls the graduate no not get girls no you I, I never had problems getting girls me too no you boys no it's okay you don't have to adjust that um how dare you <laughs> don't want any confusion. The gra- you? No confusion. No confusion. Yeah. Completely homophobic. So I joke. was. So I, so I was. Uh, um, the graduate. F- I was up for the graduate, and I was perfect for that part. And it was like Holden Caulfield. It seemed to me like Catcher in the Rye, which was my favorite book. Me too. And that changed my life. There's a book coming out now, if everybody called Just a Book Away. Anyway, in which I talk about that. But you wrote a book called Just a Book Away? It's coming out now. And every, all these incredibly famous people, I mean, the can't, Archbishop Tutu and uh, what's her name in the jungle of Africa, they all do what the first movie, the first book that influenced them. And I talk about Catcher in the Rye and that. Anyway, point being, 
point being that, graduate, that, that I'm in LA struggling as an actor and I've done these TV things and they don't, even though I've guest starred in both of them and I'm good and I've gotten some nice reviews in the trade papers and it doesn't go anywhere because there were no DVDs you could send to people. There was no way, you know, and, um, um, I'm up for this film, The Graduate, and I'm friends with Dustin Hoffman, who I've known from New York and hung out with. All of the people, the director, the writer, you know, Mike Nichols. And I'm not knowing that I'm making the mistake. I'm talking to them as a writer also and a director-to-be about the film. And then when I come in as an actor, they see me as a writer still and a director. Anyway, however it happened, I'm cleaning my foot in a sink in a little house that I was living in and the phone rings and it's the producer and he tells me that they cast Dustin Hoffman and I go back to the sink where I'm cleaning my foot for some reason in the sink which I don't usually do and um, I've done I, I, it and I, I realize you have good I realize you. what <laughs> I realize I'm not going to be an actor anymore I, I'm not going to be subject to their whims and they don't get it and they don't hire me and they hired this weird guy from New York that I knew Dusty Hoffman I thought I don't want to be this and that's when I decided I'm just going to direct yeah until I can put myself in my own movies that's oh my god you're my spirit guide yeah you're my spirit guide what do you think then I I started putting myself in the movies about my emotional dilemmas with always someone to love and you know what were you always searching for? I know you wanted to fill a gap and everything, but you're, you're because not only are you a filmmaker, so you're, you're not at anybody else's mercy and you're doing your thing. Maybe looking for money is difficult or whatever that, that, that comes with being a director, filmmaker, producer, writer. But, uh, but also there's this other aspect of you, forgive me if I'm wrong, where it's like, but you're, you're searching for something. There's something inside of you. So like... Uh, looking for catharsis it's like these movies are cathartic experiences yeah. you know that's why they're they're so raw and they're so well, my, different my goal was to share with you and yeah. other people in the audience who are going through whatever they're going through that it's okay to go through it but it's also you're being so honest and real about what you're going through of course it's going to be universal in a very intense yeah. bizarre way because it's exactly what you're going yeah. through yeah. so this is like yeah some meditative not to tell you who you are or what you do no, but I it's understand. like but this is like it's so rare. As long as you don't call it spiritual, I, I have a lot of never. friends. I have a lot of friends, and wife, and yeah. and others who think there's a whole spiritual element. Uh, I don't have any of that. Yeah. To me, it's just trying to tell the truth, trying to emotionally share with people. And how can you share better than more people in an audience out there, and let them know that there it's okay. There, there was a there was a group called the Fire Sign Theater, mm-hmm. and they put out an album called "We're All Bozos on, yeah. the, on This Bus." We're all bozos on this bus. That's the refrigerator. Don't right. jump. Oh, it's because of the sound thing. Yeah. You're nervous, huh? Oh God. Yeah. Keep going. We're all bozos on this bus. It's okay that you just jumped and got nervous. I know. Because we all do things. I'm all, yeah. And we're all bozos on this bus. This trip is like everybody's. It's okay to be whatever you are, yeah. and that's the key. And that's all I wanted to make movies about. Yeah. You know, whatever you are, it's okay. Just own it. Enjoy it. Don't let it mess you up you know and I feel like the people who love you love you so intensely the people who like who've Le- who love you, you and get you yeah yeah they go if, if somebody likes you they love you that's right because it's for them do you feel like when well, I do want to ask you oh in that doc- in that documentary it irritated me and I want to know what you thought about it when people were like He's a, there's like the, the people who are like Henry Jaglum, he's a feminist. He loves women. He loves his mother. He's uh, exploring, you know, what it is to be a woman and feelings and, and, you know, and then this other aspect of the documentary, which I, and I'll watch your follow up to it, 
uh, but this other aspect where people are like, no, no, he exploited women. And I don't believe that. That's not my opinion. But yeah, this one woman stood up at a football game. How they found a woman <laughs> at a football game to say he's a fraud, he's full of it. You know, he's like, he hates women. Uh, you know, who knows what her issue was? I don't do you know. Say to that? How do you speak to that? You don't try to speak to that. You just don't. You don't try to speak to that yeah. because that's a problem that people have. Sometimes it's hard for them to watch a man, you know, talking openly and honestly about emotions and saying, you know, I, I, in this area, I feel like a more like a woman than a man. Yeah. And it's, it messes some people up. I don't know. Well, it's odd. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of people saying, are saying now, like, because so much is happening in the cultural climate with the, you know, in the culture where women are reminding each other, we're like, but we need men. We need, we need good men to be our allies. You know, you need the help of men. And right. I feel like through your work, you've always been an ally. You've always yeah. been somebody who's like, you sure. know sensitive and speaks to that but then also yeah I, I can't stand when people want to say oh because you're a man and you're not a woman making these films then you're the enemy because you're being yeah, exploited well, but like, thank god there's a very teeny minority yeah. well, and it's always been entertaining that there have been those kind of people I don't mind that the vast majority of women are very happy to see somebody sharing the exploration of feelings with them on the f on film, and uh, my audiences have been 70, 80 percent, 90 percent women. I don't know. Yeah. When Eating came out, uh, all the theater owners complained to us, you know, because they they sold out all the popcorn immediately, but no butter. Oh, and they all had, yeah. and they were used to popcorn and butter. And yeah. the, all these women went, and the men left in droves. They, oh God. They, they broke up with women. Why? What is it about? Tell the people listening. It's about. Uh, we're, we're talking about eating. Yeah. Yeah, but I know. But it's I mean, about 37 women who are sitting around talking about. You can make it sound terrible. Their relationships with, with food. With relationships and food and their bodies and how that affects their lives, and it's a very honest exploration. And and men ran screaming out yeah. of the movie theater. They don't like hearing and women frequently, talk. And then in about the third month, it was playing for months and months. It played for like eight months in San Francisco and 12 months here at art theaters. You know. Yeah. Uh, women started going with their mothers and their girlfriends, and they stopped bringing. There because men were getting really angry and irritated. The same, you know, um, one of the big headlines in a, in a newspaper in the Midwest, I forgot where it was, the headline is Henry Jaglom on Henry Jaglom again. Who cares? Oh my God. And that God. was the headline in the Rocky Mountain News, I think it was. But don't you feel like men just don't like? I, I know that when I'm it, having conversations, it scares a lot. Well, they of men. don't like hearing women speak. I feel That's like they're scared of, I, because women why? are talking about their real feelings oh. and their real emotions. And if men either have to open up about that, yeah, or if they're mostly like most men are closed off to that, it yeah. scares them because it, it's touching an area that they don't want it to go to. You or know? is it because they want to have sex with women and they're just trying to get to that and they don't want no, to hear about no, all the feelings? I'm, it's much deeper. than It that. is deeper. Oh, much deeper. I told it's, you, Aristotle, it's deeper. They, they're scared, <laughs> Aristotle. It's true. Yeah. They are scared most men yeah. obviously not Aristotle because he's got a good relationship with, with his girlfriend right mm -hmm. but most men are scared of that relationship yeah. because it forces them to be vulnerable to be open you know you can't fake it in a whole relationship yeah. and if you do it doesn't work and the, you know a woman leaves yeah. or demands certain things of communication and reality yeah. and that's really hard for many 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 men why it just is you already explained I don't it. know my good luck is I've got a son who's sensitive and open to it and he, uh, someday he's going to find a great woman. Ugh, I can't wait to go on our first date with your son. It's so great. I, okay. <laughs> you look 12, so I mean, it, I mean, it could work How perfectly. tall is he? Anyway, I'm just joking. I'm sorry. I'm he's, not trying to... No, no, no. <laughs> you're 5'11"? 5'11". Too tall N for him. By a half inch? 
Well, we'll see. He's Listen, my, he's my height. This is about you right now. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, but I have been in conversations with men I'm on a date with or whatever we're doing. Where but you would, you would prejudice. You wouldn't go out with a 25-year-old. Oh, yes, I would. Oh, good. That's healthy. Will he pay for dinner, though? Of course. Really? Yeah. Why is it important a man pay for dinner? I don't know. We've got these things. I understand that completely. You do why? Yeah, I don't know. You just do. I just it just feels right. Yeah. And it's enough. We we are, we can't pretend we're not in a culture. Yeah. We're in a particular culture. In our culture, we grew up in movies. We grew up with with magazines. We grew up with everything telling us the man's taking us out to dinner. So you absorb that. It doesn't yeah. mean you're not a feminist. It doesn't mean that you're not understanding of the bullshit of bad role playing. But yeah. It's it's it's. It's nice. Well, I feel at a it's core. It's nice somehow. It is so you know. nice. Well, also, and if, you can enjoy the, your so-called quote, and not, and it's not fake femininity. Yeah. And enjoy a man's being more male, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's a service to the man for him to pay. It's like it, it emasculates him because so many men are being emasculated no, now. No, that's a nonsense. Little, well, men aren't being emasculated. You don't think they so? They use that as an excuse. Oh. They're just scared of real relationships, which are equal with women. So if women come to them and insist on a certain kind of equality, they say, oh, you're emasculating me. That's bullshit. What is emasculating? What are you talking about? Yeah. How, how is that? A, if you're clear in your own masculinity, nobody can emasculate you. Well, I feel like it makes them feel sexier, whether they know it or not, when they pay for dinner and at a, at a core level, women want that, even if women, a woman is like can pay for dinner. Is yeah, it it's feminist? very complicated. It's, well, it's because at a core level, at some point... You brought up a certain way. You see the culture a certain way. And she's going to have the baby. She's going to be out of commission yeah, for nine months right. without equal pay. That's you right. know, she like... Anyway. It's, not, it's not about being the same. Yeah. It's about being equal. And those are two very different things. Oh. You can be different. You but, can like somebody, you know, holding the door for you. Yeah. And at the same time, be an equal. Yeah. Why did you give him a look like he, that? He held the door for me earlier. Oh. Good for him. It, seems, that. it yeah. seems normal to me. I think so. It should yeah. be me too. And it's nothing, uh, you know. So many men slam doors in my face. I'm like walking in. They don't hold the door. Anyway, yes. we will wrap this up. We're going to land no, this plane, I, I swear I'm to God. I'm enjoying it. Well. I'm enjoying it much more than I would have expected. So really? Is, well, obviously, you're real. It's because this I'm This isn't so, oh. like a conversation with an, where I'm having an interview. Yeah. This is reality. This yeah. is like a human being who's very interesting. Thank you. Very alive and Beautiful. very present. Okay. Okay. Cute. cute. Oh, dear. You're very cute. (laughs) What what is that? Bad to say you're cute? No, I just love it. It makes me laugh. Because I like making myself the butt of the joke, so I set myself up for a situation, and then if you don't deliver, then what situation did you set yourself up for? Because I went, I'm beautiful, and you're like, meh, meh, cute. Cute. Well, everybody's beautiful in their own way. Well, I've got my way, and it's cute. You're adorable. I think so. Anyway, it's about okay. It's about you. It's about you, yes. She's holding her mouth. Like she's blushing. Geisha, like a geisha. She's doing girl. geisha stuff, giggling. My, and My scary fingernails. Yeah. That's okay. the duality which is so complex in the society today where women are supposed to be both things and do all of that and oh, stuff. Yeah. You're blushing and at the same time you're supposed to be a strong equal. I know. It's, yeah. so, it's exhausting. It is. You don't have to do that. You find somebody with whom you're comfortable being who you are. Yeah. Sometimes they blush. Sometimes you blush. Sometimes, you know, it's fine. Well, I need somebody... Mm. Who's similar to you? I'm not coming on to you. How dare I, I you? But, think okay, you were. No, I'm, no, I'm just teasing. But I need somebody who has the emotional capability and the willingness uh, to have these long conversations. Like I, I sure. love you know I love all half of that one movie I saw of yours. You know I love it because I'm just kidding. Bad girl. <laughs> because. Uh, that was so bitchy. Yeah, I know. I know. Couldn't Thank you. Believe it. Thank you. For a moment, I was inside. I was. Where were you? Watched half a movie. Where were you? I was pissed off. 
Why didn't you watch the other half? I will. I'm going to get there. Which movie? I watched all of. I already watched all. The, you no. said you just cop to the fact that you watched the half. I of was one. fucking with you. I okay. was fucking with you. Okay. I'm, just, I'm trying to make it smaller amounts of your okay. movie. Okay, but uh, fuck with me all you want. I can't but just I, watch full movies. I've watched full Good. movies okay. for sure, and Good. the documentary about you. But uh, I can't what, remember oh. the documentary even. You don't like that documentary? Well, I don't mind it. I I sent it to people. I used to send it. Yeah, people said, I liked you, it. You know, Candace Bergen in that documentary. Remember what she says about me? If Henry had been my father or my brother yeah no i think my father i could have taken poland oh you know what that means are you too young to understand that well i i might not know the reference the germans took poland you would have made her very powerful to do anything she wanted to do and be be strong right yeah yeah and that's why she you know if you read you should read it's a great book i mean there's so many knock on wood knock on wood no i completely will but uh but no, that is the goal, the relationship you have where it's like you make something with another person, you can, you, you know. Yeah, that's why that's, I love working together with Dana. That's yeah. my, once I met her, I didn't want to have any other leading ladies. Yeah. Because what for? And then you met me she and you're like, no, this now is crazy. I'm, now I've got a dilemma. Yeah, I know. I'm, it's, uh, she can play her sister. It's what happens. Oh, very true, that's very right. true. Yeah. Tell me about your relationship with Orson Welles. You'd be Wells. great on film. I mean, very spontaneous, very real, very moment to moment. Can I send you my short film? It's eight minutes. Yes, yes, of course. Okay. With pleasure. Don't hesitate to do I, that. Really? Make sure she does that. Okay. okay. Have you even seen my short film? You have not seen it. Oh my God. This is See the exclusive. See what you're doing? That's what you did. Why haven't you? Why? Unbelievable. Yep. Anyway, I'll send it Nobody to you. Nobody at this table has seen it. Doesn't feel good. I, I get it. I get it now. Anyway, but uh, all right. So tell me about your relationship with Orson Welles, because Someone to Love is his last movie. You had an intense relationship with Did him. Did you see you didn't read the book? You Which don't book? even know what book. My what God. Book? Don't even do your research. I barely, I wanted well, to be, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted this, to be this tangential. person wants to be moment to moment, so she doesn't do, there's a great excuse for never doing any preparation, any reading, like anything. Mark Maron. Because it's like moment to moment. Mark Maron doesn't do preparation, Who's right? Who's Mark Maron? He, he has a huge podcast. Okay. You should be on his podcast. It's, uh, it's, do you have a podcast? This is the podcast. Oh, this is this it? This is it. Okay. <laughs> this is the prelude. How are you going to use all of this? You're going to edit this? No, we're using all good. of it. Oh, that's great. Oh, for, uh, hey, my uh, podcast is like your movies. You're good, good. Except not as good. Don't say, don't do that. I won't. Don't do that. You just called what me What are we just fact? saying before? Orson Welles. Okay, was, Orson Welles. What book? What are you talking about? My lunches with Orson. You re- you videotape? No, you recorded all your. Henry's leaving me again. Stop abandoning me. Okay. Oh my God. See, I do a little research. All right, we lost Henry. Henry's gone for good. It's over. Unbelievable. I mean, you guys, while he goes to get whatever he's getting, I mean, our rapport is incredible. He just negged me. He's pro-women. He's uh, pro-choice, I'm sure. He's a, he's a feminist. He loves women and his mom. But he negged me a little bit like Neil Strauss negs people, and uh, I appreciate it because it, uh, it worked. It reeled me in. You've, Aristotle, you've never seen my, my short film? He's shaking his head no. My boobs are out in it. You can see me naked. You don't want to see it? I don't want to take it there. You don't want to take it there? Oh my God, Henry! You just missed everything. But doesn't you, want to take it. he doesn't want to see my he doesn't want to see my short film because my I'm I'm naked in my short film, okay. and he doesn't want to take our he doesn't oh, want to take it there. I understand. That's that. because you'd be you'd never go out. You'd never leave your bedroom. <laughs> you'd just be. Oh my goodness! So we're looking at my lunches with ago, Orson. This was a bestseller three years ago. This is a bestseller oh on the God. New York Times. Oh my God. 
my lunches with Orson, conversations between Henry Jaglom and Orson Welles, because I think you're terrific, and I really mean that. I'm giving you a hard copy, oh because they're hard to find now. They're out of print. They only have the they have endless co- soft cover. You know, it's not the same feeling. Here you go. You have to sign it. I will sign it. That's Thank me you. and Orson on the back. Oh, my God. Let me look. And Look how handsome. And there, yes, oh he God. was. No, so, you are a babe now. A joke. I know, hilarious. I was, I was a babe. <gasps> Hold on. Look at these sideburns, these chops you've got going. Well, oh, my it was, God. It was 1970. Unbelievable. The 60s were still hanging on. I'm furious. I met you at the wrong time. Oh, well. What's life? Oh, that's life. So here I am with Orson, you see? Oh, my goodness. And anyway, the point being... I have to learn how to read. You've got to learn to read. <laughs> yeah. And what's great about this book is you can pick it up in any place. Yeah. And it's a lunch, transcribed. Yeah. In other words, you don't have to do it in sequence. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And that makes it fun and easy reading for 20 minutes. Whenever you want to pick the book up, you just pick it up. Aristotle, look up sequence. Just kidding. <laughs> I was holding the mic away. Does, does it still pick up like this? Yeah. So I want to be sure that if you... My lunch is with Orson. Yes. So Wait, was he upset? Because in that documentary... You don't know much about him, right? Orson Welles. I don't know what you know. I do know about him, but also in the in the documentary... Oh, my God, Henry is signing the book. You guys can't see this. It's an auditory experience. He's... Oh, my God, unbelievable. Can you do a drawing of me, too? Just a free-form draw? <laughs> There's a drawing that I did of Orson in here. Do one of me, too. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, boy. I don't know where it is. I need to put my ugly chapstick on. Do you mind? Cover no, I, your, don't, I don't mind. I just need to lube up. Uh, no, I was only objecting to the color. Oh, well. Listen. No, I li- I'm a little more girly than you are. I'm going to get bright pink lipstick. I'm going to get my No, no, in not red. bright pink. Elegant. Tell me what to do and I'll do Cherries it. in the snow. Cherries in the snow. That's actually a book called Cherries in the snow. That was the lipstick that I used to steal from my mother. Who makes it? Did, did you wear Red it? Line. Yeah, I loved it. Have you ever made out with a man? No. None of my business. Sorry. No, it's, it's your business. Okay. I know I have no homosexuality, unfortunately. I don't think I do either. But what you should as a woman, and you're nuts not to. I think I've only made out with girls to like entice men. Oh, yeah, sure. I don't really want to go down on a woman No, you don't have to go down doors. and make up, but you can kiss a lot. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, I know I what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> Wait, what's happening here? I don't know where I... I, I can't... I never found out exactly where anything is. Okay. Um, no, I wanted to show you this drawing. Anyway, you'll find that it's in there. So, Time, I'm, uh, so who am I dedicating this to? My name is Alexi. Alexi Wasser. A-L-E-X. No, I don't need Wasser. Okay. X-I. Yes. Perfect. Oh, my God. It's the luckiest day of all of our lives. Oh, my God. I'm going to start referring to you as my ex-boyfriend because I think that's more colorful. I hope that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. There was my dinner with Andre, and now there's my podcast with Henry. <laughs> so excited. So far, he's writing, Dear Lexi, you never shut the fuck up, and you came ill-prepared. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Oh, my God. That silence on the radio. Well, you got to cut that out. Yeah, That's good. I'll say, yeah. <gasps> God, wait, let me see this. Wait. What does it say? I love the smell of books. For Alexi. Oh, my God. Wait, the the worst interviewer. No, don't. The best interviewer I've ever had. And, wait, what? And, wait, wait, what? Just trust, wait, and... Best if you. Oh, I can't. Hold on. I'm done. Stop it. Because she grew up in a culture which is all print, and this is written out longhand. For Alexi, you ugly monster. How dare you? I can't believe it. Don't be silly. For Alexi, 
the best interviewer I've ever had. And best if you just trust yourself. XO. Not and best. What does it say? What does it say? Read it. For Alexi, the best interviewer I've ever had. All best if you just trust yourself. All best. All best if you just trust yourself. XO. XOX. Henry Jaglum. Oh, my God. You guys, it's official. Henry Jaglum is totally in love with me. He just gave me a book. <laughs> I can't believe it. Okay. And 12 movies. And 12 movies. movies. You know, this is worth probably like, this is, this is probably over $200 worth of stuff here. It doesn't matter. Okay, it doesn't matter. You're What's right. that? What is that? What in is a, money? When it comes to art. When it comes to art, let's all get yeah. not get paid for any of it. Anyway. Go. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, my God. Thank you. I know which you. ones you might enjoy. I'll give on the way out. I'm going to give it. Don't forget to get them for me. Um, okay. So tell me about this relationship with, with Orson Welles. So Orson Welles. How'd you meet him? What were you wearing? I directed him. Yeah. <laughs> it was very cute. I, uh, shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met him. I went up to his hotel room in New York. Uh, my friend Peter Bogdanovich, do you know who that is? Oh my God, yes. So Peter arranged for me to meet him. Uh, I flew to New York, went up to the hotel. He answers the door, this huge man, like a gigantic grape in purple silk pajamas, and says, what do you want at the door? I said, I'm Henry Jaglum. He said, what is that supposed to mean to me? I said, it means that I've got to talk to you now. Peter Bogdanovich arranged a meeting. Oh, my God, yes, he says, and walks in. So I follow him in. He says, well, what is it that I can do for you? I said, I want you to be in my first movie. He said, where's the script? I said, I don't have a script because... If I don't have you in the movie, I won't have that part in the movie. He said, well, I don't understand that, and I can't write this. Your first movie, and you don't have a script, uh, I'm not doing anything. I said, well, just, I flew from L.A., just give me an hour to talk and explain it to you. He said, well, I'll sit here, but I won't listen. He crosses his arms in this gigantic grape, as I say, this huge purple. I mean, it was he was huge at this point, um, and... I start selling the movie, and I know certain things about Orson, and one of the things is that he loves magic. He's into magic. He did magic and all of that. So I said, the character is a magician from Europe, a Jewish mag- magician who's lost his power. And I, and, but there's one thing he can do, and if he can do that one thing, everything will be all right. And he said, what's that one thing? He got interested, and I said, I'm not telling you that unless you do the movie. Oh, my goodness. And he looked at me, and he said, can I wear a cape? And I knew I had him. Oh, my God. And I had this great famous man, and I created a movie with his character talking to the girl from, from her fantasy life, from her childhood maybe, from her memory, doing magic tricks. And you'll see the movie someday, I hope, yeah. a safe place. In a safe place. Uh, yeah, a safe place. I, I, have a, I don't know if I have copies of a safe place. God forbid I should find it myself. No, it's very hard to find because oh. it's, you'd have to buy the whole collection, which you don't want. It's $100 to, to get the thing of, from... What is money? From, what is that? What is that? Amazon. Am, no, from... Netflix, Amazon, no, Hulu. The pe- no, the people... iTunes. The Ugh. people that have... LSD. The great people that have great movie collections. Criterion. Criterion collection. There's all the movies, a safe place... Um, uh, easy Rider, Five Easy Pieces, Last Picture Show, and so on, in, in a safe place. But I also have individual copies. I will get a mailing address. I will send you a copy. Thank you. I don't have it here. Okay. Um, and it's a poetic abstract. It all takes place in a young woman's mind. It violates all kinds of images of time and space and so on. Um, Where'd you find the money for this movie? Columbia Pictures, because I had edited Easy Rider. And Easy Rider was a big hit. Yeah. I hadn't edited it by myself, but Jack Nicholson and I at a certain point 
in adjoining editing rooms worked on the film for uh, for uh, Bob Rafelson, whose company produced it. Anyway, Bert Schneider gave me the chance to do this. I, I were he liked my editing. They gave me each one of us. Jack Nicholson got a chance to direct his first movie. Yeah. Uh, I got a chance to direct my first movie, uh, and so on. But what was the budget for your first movie? A million dollars. A million then, dollars. Then it was like ten today. It's Paramount. I mean, it's Columbia Pictures, nineteen seventy-one. Yeah. So it was plenty, as far as I was concerned. It was more than enough. Uh, you couldn't do all the shortcuts you can do now. You could, you know. But it was. I had a whole crew, all of that stuff, and I made this abstract poem about a woman going, and that's why, you know who Anais Nen is? Yeah, yeah. That's how she discovered me. She walked into my office after seeing the screening at the at the same building, and she said, now there are two Henrys in my life, because Henry Miller was a big, famous, she, her relationship. Heard of him. And she became my, she wrote this thing about a safe place. She spread it everywhere. Women started, especially young women, started coming to see it, and it was a big failure commercially. The New York Times said it looks like he tosses the piece of the film up in the air and it lands in a mix master. It makes no sense at all. Mm-hmm. It made sense to these young women. Yeah. It's about going through a certain thing where I didn't allow us, the audience, to know time, place. It was in the mind and feelings of a woman. Yeah. And you must see that movie. I can't wait to see this movie. It'll drive you crazy. It'll it'll stay with you for the rest of your life, I promise you, yeah. somebody like you or yeah. me. So um, other people look at it and men just hated it. And it was very confusing at that time for them. And anyway, it was a big opening in the Lincoln Center in New York. And my parents were there, and the audience was booing. Oh, Jesus. It was a big experience. So, were um, your feelings hurt by that? Or no, did you go, okay. no, no. The other half of the movie was, uh, over the audience was cheering and telling them to shut up. It was very exciting. Yeah. How did so, you know Peter Bogdanovich? Because I, we were friends from beginning in New York. I, just he, read, he used to book a movie theater in New York. Uh, which I used to go to. It showed old movies. Which one? I forgot the name. How can I forget the name? I it's on the it. Upper West Side. Um, there was but the. It was the only place then that showed old movies. We had this big argument because he had this sign of all, all good movies were made in Hollywood before 1945 or something, and I was into Fellini and Godard and um, you know uh, the great Italian filmmakers, the great French. You know, the English New Wave and so on. And he was into, you know, telling me about Westerns made by people I didn't care about. You didn't care about. Now I see a little more about why they were okay, those people. But I don't, you know. So we became friends then for a long time. We were friends. How did Oh, so that's how he introduced, why he introduced me to Orson. Yeah. yeah. And then you guys remained friends. We, we stayed very close. Yeah. And um, had lunch you know, once or twice a week for five, six years. And you recorded the interviews. And I recorded all the of The conversations. Them. Yeah, because he said, you know, um, when I can't make movies anymore, when I'm too old to make movies, I want to write my autobiography. And this way, if you tape everything of our conversations, I'll have things, you know, from when I could remember everything and I'll have all that material and so on. Yeah. But just hide it. I always carried a black purse, a black bag, and he said, just hide it in your bag and don't let me know it's there and forget about it. Since So now I've been accused by some people of illegitimately um, taping. taping Orson. Anyway, so that's what you have in there are the tapes. Oh, my God. My Lunches with Orson. What, what it's the, a great book. What and were the biggest takeaways from your relationship with him? Like nuggets of kernels of knowledge? Not, not to let anybody tell you you can't do something. Yeah. That was his biggest thing. I mean, he was always doing things that people told you you couldn't do. And he made magnificent films. And uh, they didn't make any money. 
and many of them were never gotten seen here. And he was acclaimed as a genius, and people weren't going to see his movies, and it was frustrating beyond belief. And I kept trying to get him money for his movies. Will you read in there? And uh, you know, it was a very deadly situation. Uh, anyway, um, what is a great tip for looking for money? Because uh, and, and also getting anything. actors. No tips for that. You just pound the paper. You just hope for the best. What do you do? You try to make the films in, as inexpensively. Now you can do that even much more easily. I don't know. I don't know the answer. You don't some, know the answer. Some one stock answer to that question. There's no, no you just not okay. giving up. Not giving up. Lower your budget for the movie. That's it. Right? You know, minimal locations, all this stuff. Be arrogant. Be arrogant. What about playing to... Or being cute. Being cute. Well, what about playing... Thank you. I mean, you're talking about me, right? uh, No, I did being cute. You were very cute, too. Very cute. adorable. Very cute. Um, Kidding. When going after actors, is it crazy? I fall in love with myself when I see photos of myself from that period. Oh, yeah, why wouldn't you? That's how no. I feel about me. That's right. Photos only weeks ago. I recognize the fellow narcissist. Yeah. Well, yeah. is it so bad to be a no. narcissist? No, at 38, it's a great. 36, I said. Sorry, 36. 36, Henry. Jesus. Okay. I'm growing out my bangs. Do you not like bangs? Not when they hide you like those. Well, yeah, because they're growing out, Henry. Yes, okay. Well, Jesus. I didn't say I wasn't going to like them. Okay. I can't judge them. I just want to be accepted and understood, okay? I just want yeah, you to you see me. You've got a good forehead. I have a scar. So what? I'm just letting you know. Yeah. Well, just don't want to hide anything from okay. you. I want to be as transparent as possible. Okay. Um, well, God, listen. Well, so do you feel like you've said in your work, ev- I mean, what, like everything you want to say or like what it's a else? Good question. Yeah. That's a really good, I saw that coming. I hope that's so. That's a very, very good question. And will you answer? <laughs> I don't know. I never thought, you know, that's the first time I've been told, ask that question, really? which is what makes it a great question. Well, thank I've you. been interviewed from here to end of the world, and I've never been asked that question. I walk in, you're like, who is this nincompoop? What is this going to be? I and then do uh, any such thing. I ease you I into said, it. why is she so tall? I'm so tall. I know. I'm going to give you a piggyback ride later, and then um, pretend I was harassed. Great question. <laughs> right. <laughs> great kidding. question about, what was the question? I said, do you That's feel like... Yes. Okay, well, just, you know. Like, okay, just answer the goddamn question. Phrase it again. I'm saying, I'm asking, do you feel like you've said so much? You've made so many movies. Do I feel there's anything more from you? Do you to feel say? like like you've said everything you want to say? I don't believe there is such a thing. I think every movie, you create a new kind of understanding, a new kind of questioning. And if you're making it honestly, it's, it's never ending. It's never As long as you're alive, you're still uh, contemplating things, going through things, working yeah. through shit. Yeah, as long as you can, you know, function. What are you working through now that you would be exploring in a movie? Well, I just made a movie. Tell which, me about it. Um, you should get a copy of which I'll give you if you remember to ask me before you leave. I won't forget. I feel, I feel like I should it's, just kick you out of your own house and just take everything and just called, live here. <laughs> it's called Train to Zakopane. Wait, Train to Zakopane? Zakopane. What's Zakopane? Zakopane is a ski resort in Poland. Okay. And it's a story about my father, a true story. Very different from any of my films. Aren't all of your films true stories? No. Oh. No, they're fantasies. Okay. They're, they're oh, fictions. Like Got it. They hopefully are emotionally all true. Yeah. And they all deal with true subjects, but they're concoctions to tell those stories or to explore those feelings. This is an actual story <clears throat> that my father told me that I recorded because I used to record my father endlessly. Oh, wow. On those stories from Russia and as a childhood and then Germany and over that. And it's a story about Poland in the 20s being on a train flirting with a girl, very attractive Polish nurse, finding out that she's violently anti-Semitic. Oh, no. That she says she can smell a Jew a kilometer away, and he decides that he's going to sleep with a girl. Oh, wow. And then tell her that he's Jewish. Oh, funny. And it's a true story. 
and it's the one story that he said he would kill me if he knew I was doing this. It was the one story he said he was always felt bad about, that he was not, he was very full of himself, my father. He thought he was the greatest guy in the world, and he didn't dislike anything about what he did, ever. He thought he was just did everything correctly. Oh, wow. Sounds but like the my one, dad. But the one, th- huh? Sounds like my dad. Really? But, but the one thing, yeah. But the one thing he did that he felt wrong about was this, and it's a great story, and of course there's nothing he should have felt bad about, and it was a big hit on stage. We did it out here for over a year. What theater? Where do you... you it, it played down at the uh, Edgemar on Main Street. So you, you do plays a lot? Oh, yeah. I've written five plays that have been done here. What? Okay, keep going. So uh, this was at the Edgemar, and then we made an extraordinarily unusual movie out of it because we couldn't get the money to make a big Hollywood movie, and it, it takes place in the 1920s on a train, and then in a Polish resort, oh you can't God. make these on the cheap. Yeah. But How much we, money did you need? Nothing. I made it for nothing. I found a way technically, thanks what? to my editor and partner, uh, Ron Vignoni, who you didn't meet because he ran out. You don't edit all, all your movies? I did edit all my movies until the technology changed. I love this. is why I, I'm right now not doing anything. I hated the change. I did it all by hand. I cl- I caught Film? Yeah. Oh. Oh. And, and <laughs> start, starting with three three yeah. films ago, no longer they didn't even have the tape. They wouldn't sell the tape. The you know that the, the end or something. Oh, they got sound tape. Okay, and then the picture tape, and it just went out of business. My machine, everything became a relic. And um, I got this wonderful editor who works with me on editing my films now. And he said to me, this is not going to make any sense to you or people listening. It probably is boring. Just to most tell people. me. You sound like I'm me. To, I know you I'm going like to tell you. Now. I'm okay. not apologizing. I'm explaining. All right. Um, it was always that when you went and looked in the lab at your film and you wanted to get in closer, you could go a teeny bit closer. And then you'd go out of focus. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't really change anything in the lab. Now the technology is such you can go from a wide shot out there of the two of you sitting here into a tight close-up of you. Yeah. So I had three cameras. I shot the film, but play. And then I spent a year and a half with my editor getting rid of the play, making it invisible, making the props invisible, making the cheap, you know, the set and everything, putting in windows, sky, stars, trains going by. What? Creating a, a film the most exciting way I've ever done in my life and totally something new. I don't think anybody's done it. Yeah. I don't think anybody's done it yet because why would they? Either they have the money or they don't, or they envision a, a smaller film. You know, it doesn't need that. Yeah. But I had the story already and it was a story that takes place on trains in the 1920s. How are you going to shoot that? Yeah. And, and then and then in Poland in the ski resort in the 1920s. The period piece, yeah. That's right. So... And I knew I would need $10, 15000000 million. I couldn't get that. Um, a friend of mine is at a major studio, and I said, what about this? Never. She said, this is a, you, can, you know, I can't get money for this. Yeah. And maybe if you use these, these, these people. I said, I'm not going to die of Tana. What are you kidding? Yeah. So, oh, bigger names, you mean, the yeah, actors. Yeah, and, all okay. that. So I said, um, what can I do? Ron said, look at this. And he showed me this new technology. We made a movie now that I'm very excited to uh, give both of you a copy of. Oh, my God. You have to remember, this was shot as a play. Where did you shoot it? In the In theater? In the theater. In the theater? Yeah. Oh, after, my God. After the play closed, before they struck the set. Oh, And God. three cameras, a few days of shooting. What kind of cameras? Uh, you'd have to ask Ron. Wait, it's film or digital? Now it's all digital. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, and um, digital, but it's great. Yeah, this of is course. the first time I've taken advantage yeah. of what you can do, and this amazing thing that you can do. You don't possibly know what that means. Oh, we got to get you out of here. No, there's no problem. Okay. I wanted to know if you know, Ron, I could have you des- him describe it to you. The shot, because you're interested in making films. Yeah. Let me do that. Did you? Yeah, I want to know if it was shot in Alexa and what he's editing on. I want to know. Ron? Oh, shit. Get out of here in a second. What time is it? 5.58. 5.58? 5.58? Can we go over? How long can we go over? Not very much. Really? Tell me. I do have to be at Milton by 7.30. By 7.30? So we got to get you out of here by like 6.30 latest. But it's a weekday. It's going to be rush hour. 6.15. Will you like make a gesture? All right. He's not here. Are these pants cute? Look how cute these are. What are these? My assistant just got them. Oh, my God. Hold on. Don't be a Weinstein. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, look at how great they are. They are so great. Feel that fabric. Yeah. I think it's lycra. No, it's not lycra. Silk? Lycra? I don't know. I Sit don't down. Know. Anyway, the point take is... Take this. Take this. I, want, I don't want to miss a beat. Yeah, I'm just trying to... Uh, He's got to leave at 6.15, so we got 15 minutes it? tops. But yeah, hold that. I just to describe this thing. No, I love it. Oh, yeah. Hello? <laughs> Nobody's answering the phone, ladies and gentlemen. This is the phone ringing. Is the phone ringing right after? Just like tap me or like make a gesture. He's not picking up. Oh my Ron, God. Ron, where are you? Do you want to come and explain about how we shot this film? About the technology just yet. Yeah, five minutes, five, five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Here he comes. Come on. Okay, here he um, comes. Good. Well, you have your you have your editor lives with you in the pool house. Can no, I move into the pool he house? He doesn't live there. I'm moving in. Well, he works. It's in, gonna get weird. In, I have an editing room in there. Okay, I'll edit my movie in there. He Is works a, in the editing room. What does he use? You're gonna edit? ask him. I don't oh, know. I know, anything but I like techno- to torture and you. And that's the thing. I get in here. I have no Hi. You know, ego about this. Yeah, he, he shouldn't. knows the technology. He created this thing. Ron. Yes. And uh, I'm Alexi. Yes. So my, I, nice to meet you. And this is Aristotle, Aristotle, my producer. I have a so podcast. Explain to her how we did this on, on this technology. How did you shoot it? Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, the technology that you used. Everything. Yeah. Um, um, but know, don't take forever. <laughs> <but> okay. <laughs> Uh, th- basically, we—I uh, think Henry's explained to you—we shot it as a stage play, mm-hmm. and um, we respected the negative space uh, in in the theater. Meaning, uh, we didn't really focus on the the existing production design, the art direction. That we focused on performance, and by focusing on performance, there existed negative space, meaning a lot of black. Yeah, um, and that became an opportunity to exploit to create a sort of um, patina of effects. What did you use for the effects um, on the computer using what? Cutouts, uh, stock footage. Um, did you use Adobe Premiere? How did you edit it? With a, what? A combination of Apple? Final Cut Pro, um, Final Cut 10, um, uh, Adobe Premiere, you did? After Effects. What do you prefer? Uh, Resolve. Resolve, okay. Yeah. Um, what do I prefer? Yeah. Uh, in terms of editing or in terms of effects? Uh, both. <laughs> For editing, I like Final Cut 7. Yeah. I don't think uh, uh, there's ever been a better program made than Final Cut 7. Yeah. And I wish that wouldn't go away. Um, Avid's a little too bloated for me, um, but then the tools in Premiere, uh, in Premiere, they're, they're okay. But Resolve is uh, terrific for doing 
you know, color correction. In this case, you know, contrast correction is black and white. Yeah. Um, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't talk Got about it. that forever. No. But basically we created this um, sort of abstract... Um, uh, canvas yeah. of effects that just worked in the black and white territory. Um, that you've seen the film. I'm not. That's what I'm saying. So, so oh, I'm, I'm okay. getting, this is kind of like wetting my palate, laying okay. it down, and then I have to see the movie and then I'll know how it came to life. But I just wanted, he wanted me to talk to you and ask you what you used to yeah, create you know, this. It, it's actually, it was, it, it's pretty lo-fi yeah. in terms of, I approached it as like almost scrapbooking. It was like, how can we break this away from being so theatrical? Yeah. How can we take it out of the stage? And uh, the first thing was, well, okay, we're going to take the, the scenes that are in a train compartment and give it some movement. Yeah. So you have the feeling that you're actually in a moving train. So Got I studied it. a lot of films that were shot on a train, both um, in terms of process shots and then actual trains. And I created my own formula in terms of um, uh, motion... Yeah. motion for the you know <laughs> you caught me at it no at no it's here. fine no I, we have to we like but my uh when is it going to be available so i can see it i will give you a copy today I will, okay well yeah. you grab the copy i gotta get him okay if you want to but uh yeah, yeah, and then sure. we're, we got to be out of here by six fifteen okay. anyway which only leaves us five minutes um did that answer your question no that was fascinating because okay. i just it's such a new different unique way of making a movie so you explain me a bit more then i'll have that in the back of my mind and it's just like inspiring okay yes you I, did I, you did I was inspired by a, by a film by Lars von Trier um, called Zentropa mm-hmm. and uh, it's a completely different process they used to make that film but I just liked the look of it and I liked the um, the abstract use of uh, the, their Space. different filming techniques and I kind of translated that and uh, it's just it's it, we reinvented the form in a way well give me a copy god damn it why are you being I mean, why are you trying to keep all the copies to yourself oh my okay. god Henry, Henry he expl- get- oh, look at your cute scarf oh my oh, god he's, he's got, got me copies go. what, what, what perfect that's what we're look at your for. cute scarf oh i love it I thought you said Bron just told you about your cute scarf no you're no, no not at all but i have two more questions i could ask Bron, you yes you're very welcome <gasps> lexi that's oh the my film god. he's talking oh. about Oh Thank you, Ron. Thank oh, you very much. Alco. Oh, I think I know him. Thank you so much. You're nice, welcome, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Look at this. God, you never stop making stuff. Thank you. Here are the, here are the questions that I'm going to... like that, my scarf? I love your scarf. You. I haven't been taking photos or videoing because I wanted to be respectful, but all I want to do is take photos of you, your house, How whatever. You but, but what are it for? Oh, Instagram. Take whatever pictures you want. I will. As I leave, I will do that. Okay. But uh, turn this over. So Here. you'll each have a copy of Train to Zakopane. They're all mine. They Aristotle. Well, it, it's, it's not coming out yet. It, it's brand oh, new. Oh, my God. Wait, can I do a little video? I'll do it as we leave. Okay. You can do whatever you want. You can do it now. Here are my questions. My final questions as I land this plane. This has been an insane experience for me. You have no idea. No, I don't. Even though you... And that's for it's me to know. a very nice interview from my point of view. I hope so. Wonderful. Even though I've You're never... Good. seen Even though... Thank you very much. You're really good. You make it very, very easy, friendly, intelligent. You know, you bring out everything that the person wants to be able to do. It's, it's the best, you know, you're terrific. I love you. That's no, incredible. You're oh going to have a huge thing in life. Well, I hope so. You are. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you should get this on some kind of video visual visual oh i will i will do that yeah. I, will, I just want to get my movie made you'll see oh, so i'm you're, sending so you're split between s- this and that this my movie and what else? i've done talk show things i've hosted my little i've produced I, i'm constantly making stuff which lends itself to you and i'm going to throw this to you because whenever it's about you, you want me as a guest well yeah well you can't okay. shake me now okay. you can't shake good. me now good that's good i'm Henry? like that too i'm like that too um how did you get born so here's what i was going to say 
I meet so born many. Born so what? What was the word? Born so curious. And when I say that, it's because I oh, meet. I thought you were Born I so what? But so cute. No, so that well, too. That I, too. I, that's what I thought. Oh, that too. But it's like I meet Curious. so many. I meet so many people, unconscious, sleepwalking through life, such yeah, boneheads. Yeah. yeah, I don't mean to judge them, but I'm. You, of course, you mean to judge them. Yes, I do, and I don't like them. I don't want to have sex with them. I don't want to date them. I don't want to talk to them. Yeah. They're not my friends. That's how. That's how I know who I am because I'm so different. There's a contrast. How are you? You're perfect born? for this role. For what role? The role of the interviewer. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. I know you want to make films and be interviewed, but you're perfect for this role. <laughs> well, thank and you. And therefore, it could, you could play the role. I In wrote, other words, be shot doing the interviews, you know. I will do We'll start getting that happening, Aristotle. You're really time. good. Thank you. Yeah. Well, the script I just wrote is about me as a podcast host. It's a fledgling yeah, podcast host in a bad relationship. So that's my narrative feature. Uh-huh. So it's about... That's good. It's a heightened version of me. So you, in it, do this. Yes. Good. Um... Because it's a skill, you know, and it's a unique skill, and you express it in a very unique way of your own. Oh, my goodness. It's very good. How come? Tell me more. Don't stop. This is great. <laughs> so how did you, how are you born so completely alive and curious where you are generating work and uh, exploring uh, so many Combination things? of my mother and my father. It's probably most of our cases. Either a rebellion from or a kind of uh, taking the best elements of, you know. I was, I mean, I don't know how to answer that because I don't know what part of that you want to know. Well, you aren't the other way, so you only know how to be this way, probably, right? Oh, no, I see my brother. But he's in so, oh, yeah, I've seen him too. You didn't see Sitting Ducks, though. No, he always gets on my nerves. Yeah, he'll get on your nerves. He gets gets on your nerves, he'll get on your nerves He gets on my nerves. Some people just find him hysterically funny. I'm just like, get away from Sally Kellerman, leave her alone. Oh, my God, don't watch Sitting Ducks. Oh, I'm going to watch all of them. You have no idea. But, uh, but yeah, it's... why? I mean, but it's you must be because born with I had this. this older brother who's a strange creature. Yeah, um, and because my mother was kind of, what do I do with him? And then I came along, and I was this adorable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned how to enjoy my adorableness. Yeah, and um, feel comfortable in the world of women, and um, therefore, as I said to you, I think at the very beginning, my goal in making these movies was to make especially women, feel less alone. Less like they're going through... I saw all the things that women were going through. My mother and her lady friends on Thursdays played bridge. Yeah. And they talked about their hearts and who was broken. And, and they wore great clothes, by the way. It was the 50s. And, yeah. You know. And uh, I was fascinated by this world that was so different from the men. And I went to an all-boys school and oh, an all-boy camp. And all they did was they talked about sports or... or uh, you know, cars or physical external things, and the women were talking about their hearts yeah. and their emotions. And I knew where I belonged. I knew on which on which side of that equation I belonged. And as an artist, fortunately, I got to be free of that, those restrictions. And then wanting to make movies showing those women that they were not alone, that they're not the only ones who are going through this. That uh, this is. It's okay. But you you could have done that in one, two, three, ten movies. You have an energy to you where you feel compelled. Maybe it's a, you know, I'm going to call it a compulsion. Well, there's another part of it which is egocentric and oh, wanting to show myself to the world. That was one part. So there are about four or five movies in which it's my process of falling in love, being left, falling, getting again in a relation, not work, you know, exploring all of that. Oh, I have no interest in that now that I'm happy. I was going to ask you, are yeah, you happy? Completely. 
So does the work stop? No, but your work shifts from me going through, oh my God, so that people don't have to write Henry Jaglum about Henry Jaglum again. Who cares mm -hmm. anymore? Not that I minded that I love those. I sent those out for Christmas presents, all the bad reviews. People are talking. You know, I love yeah. to get it. People talking. And um, I really got on the nerves of so many of those men. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it was exploring the stuff that they're scared of, you know, what they're really feeling, what they're really going through. And uh, I, then I could get back to my subject once it was no longer necessary to do me. Um, and it, it's you don't run out of material. In, so now in what, life, you don't run out of material because life is full of material. Well, so what interests you now? After this movie, you just made this movie and I, you're going to be... Pushing. This movie is what? based upon a real story that my father told me and I taped. I love it. I used it. to tape my father for 35 years. I taped his conversation stories from Russia, from Poland, from Germany. But after that... After that, I mean, after, after that, this. I made my movies. Oh, after that, I don't after know. That, I don't next? know. Who knows? No, no, I'm not sure. I have a few things. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not in a rush. You're not in a rush. No. Do you feel like uh, are you? I'm not going to say spiritual. No, I'm not. But you're. Uh, no, I'll tell you. This is the split between me and everybody who I love. They all think I'm spiritual. Yeah. They all tell me I'm. Oh, okay. How much? It's not, it's not working. No, no, it's working. It's working. What was he saying? Oh, he's giving me a warning. He's going to be a five-minute warning. Five minutes is yeah. enough. Thank okay. you very much. Yeah. So they all tell me I'm spiritual, and my movies are spiritual, and especially if they look at something like Deja Vu, which you haven't seen yet, right? I started it. Yes, oh, I started it. I, I was trying to watch all as many movies this Deja, morning as no, possible. No, no, no. Yeah, Deja Vu, you've got to give yourself time. It's a quite amazing movie. It's on anyway. Filmstruck. Huh? It's yes. on Filmstruck. Yes, yes, it is. But it's also somewhere in here, I think. Keep going. Anyway. You're um, not spiritual. Yeah, I don't feel that I am. People keep telling me I am, and spiritual people think of, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm very rational. I don't believe in anything yeah. post this thing. But um, uh, I forgot where, why I was even I just talking want to about know, spiritual. Like, like, uh, like, so we don't, know, don't we, know. we don't know what work, what you're going on to next. You're not, you don't, uh, well, the big, biggest thing I'm doing is I've been writing a book for 12 years mm -hmm. um, on my, uh, a mixture it's called, it's got a title based upon something in the book. And then the subtitle is A Brief History of the Jewish People. Oh, wow. And it's going to be about 450 to 500 pages long. That's all. Oh, Jesus. And it's all about the whole entire history of Jewish history told from a very strange slant from my family. So my aunt, I'm born in London. Yeah. So I go from my birth in London to the history of the English Jews. Yeah. My Father's born in Russia. I go into the from his birth to the history of the Jews in Russia. My mother in Germany. My my aunt is in hiding from the Nazis in France. So I go from that story into the history of the Jews in France, and that way I tell this whole history. Yeah, weaving in personal family, which might irritate a lot of people. I don't know yet. It'll be uh, fine. No, I have no idea, but it's brilliant. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. So that's what I've been working on every night here. You work right at here night. At this table. You work at night. Always, only at night. Why at night? I don't know. I'm, I'm up all night until till 5, 6 in the morning. That's how I am, too. And I like then there's Morning Joe. Yeah. Do you know about Morning Joe? Morning Joe? Coffee? No. TV show? Yeah. Three hours from 3 to 6 here. In New York, it's from 6 to 9. From here, it's 3 to 6, and I'm usually watching that. It's, it's uh, Mika Brzezinski okay. and Joe. Anyway, it's, a, it's, a, it's politics. So you work at night. Which is my other interest. You work at night. Yeah. You have another interest in politics. You're yeah. writing books. You're making movies. You're yeah. using new technology to make to make this, this new, wait new you movie. Wait see this. You won't believe. Ah! That's my phone dropping. She needed you to know that. I'm sorry. No, no. It's important to let them know I didn't hit you. But you're happy. You would never hit me. I, I'm I totally happy. I completely trust you. You're happy. I scratch your eyes out. You just scratch my eyes out. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, if you got bitchy with me, I would never. I can out bitch you. Oh my god! I promise you that. Listen. Yes. I have to land this plane, but I feel like we barely scratched the surface. But we did scratch a lot of the surface. Yes, we did. I mean, you did a great job. I think that's all I'm I came very, here with. I'm all, excited about it. All I came here was for your validation. I was going to give you a half hour. What has it been? Two. It's been like two hours. Two hours. Wow, You're going to give me a half hour. Yeah, I thought that was generous. That's, I know. That's what I think too. I can't believe it. Plus all the things I'm going to steal on the way out of here. Yeah, you know, I know those things too. Um, God, I guess I guess I'll wrap it up. Any last words of wisdom you feel like it's very important that I know as I walk through the door from your mouth to my ear to holes? <laughs> yes. Tell me one. It's a Jewish reference in case those of you don't know what it is. I just thought I made it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Anyway. Yes, what was that, Henry? I said, what are you, how are you going to wrap this up? Words of wisdom. Are you going to give me one bit of like a, you're like a wizard master spirit guide for me. I told you me. already what my word of wisdom is. To anybody listening who's got anything creative going on, to absolutely believe that you can do anything and not listen to anybody, family, friends, nobody, society, culture, none of them, who tell you that you can't do something because you can and it's the most important thing to know. And what's let me do what I do is somehow I got the security from my parents in this case but it could be from your friends it can be from your boyfriend girlfriend husband wife you know strangers from this podcast from it listening to you on the podcast. podcast if you listen closely you will hear the most important thing about this is don't let anybody tell you you cannot do it whatever it is you can do it and you have to believe that and really do it and then you'll find my god i can do it they're all wrong. Anybody who said I can't do it. And there will be many people telling you for many reasons, including the best wishes. They care about you so much. They don't want you to go through all this terrible stuff and don't have any, you know, just they want you to have a normal, happy life. They're wrong. Do it. Yeah. You will have the happiest kind of life. Oh, my God. And trust that you can do it. Thank That's you. my word of wisdom. And it's true. It's absolutely true. It's not bullshit. Thank you so much for being on my podcast, Henry Jaguar. My Jaguel. pleasure. I'm dying to hear it. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm not going to listen to it again. Oh, course. you jerk. I love you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Now leaving Nerdist.com.